2: This episode brought to you by the following patrons Stephanie, Wolfric, Natasha, Sophia, Garotica, Vance, Cody, Boezy, Jeremy, Bruder, Allie, Nathan, Jennifer with the PH, Mr. Ragebomb, Libby, Wes, Dreskel, Aaron, Danielle, Kristen, Tia, Lauren, Jonathan, Kate, Alex, Isaac, and Karoon. But because it's that special time of the month, we also get to shout out our You Can Get It level sponsors, and they are. Elisa, Sarah, Radpants, I don't know, I love the name, Megan, Stefan, Amanda the Playwright, Leo, Alexandra, Emily, Brooklyn, Tori, Eli, Jamie, Bryce, Sean, Logan, Dominic, Jamie, Trigger Happy Mongoose. Alex, Shayna, Ali, Dr. Voorhees, M.D., Matt, Megan, Amelia, Maxwell, Liza, Courtney, A.J., Spider, Gwen, Lisa, Rock Donkey, Irene, Naomi, Bex, Mallory, Laura, Cameron, Kaylee, Richie, Casey, Daisy, Jackie, Alisa, Mushroom, Snail Fox, Jennifer, and Michelle. And all the patients want you to know you're loved, you're listened to, and you're all a valuable member of this awesome Horror Virgin community. And if you want to hang out with us, come to this cabin in the woods that my cousin owns that we can all just hang out with and you know be chill together
1: tonight at the gym Uh we're doing box jumps what is that you know what a box jump is where you (laughs) jump on the box (laughs) this gym doesn't have like wooden boxes they have like the foam kind of like not as sturdy boxes you know what I'm saying? so it's a squishy box it's a kind of a squishy box are you in
2: a jumpery which i'd imagine is like a trampoline themed place for kids
1: no no no
2: you were worried about the box's structural
0: fortitude
1: <laughs> well they have different size boxes for different size people but somebody took the big box people took the big boxes so i had to get like a smaller box I'm a big person and so like I'm like killing it killing it go to jump my feet hit it and it slides away and my feet go above my head and I fall like this and like slow motion (laughs) and I see my feet and I'm like boom and like everybody at the gym is just looking at me and they're like oh my god are you okay I'm like I'm sorry this happens all the time.
0: In a trailer for a documentary which is weird documentary reception
1: and also everyone else they interview in that trailer is super serious and it just cuts the page he slept with like so many people like <laughs> really it <You ever laughs> reminded me of a sketch because of how funny you seem like-
0: yeah <laughs> i think what's funnier to me is that i know what takes they didn't use and one of them was Keith Raniere is a total fuckboy.
2: boy. <laughs> 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 that could have been it. Trailer. <laughs> and the trailer. loud. Thank you for tuning <laughs> in to Horror Virgin and Paige. I'm Mikey. And I'm your Horror Virgin, Todd, which means I don't like rewatching scary movies, but for this month, you all made us rewatch them. And this week, the listeners made us rewatch...
3: Cabin. in the, the Woods. Wood.
2: I'm assuming both of you all have seen this more than once, right? I was
1: in the last episode we did of this.
2: I vaguely remember that. Yeah. Paige, you weren't though. I was not there. So was this the first time you saw it? No, 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 no. I've seen this movie
0: before. Okay. Although I'm curious for you, since we've watched so many things since the last time you watched this, did more jokes make sense? I
2: think so. Yeah. I mean, I don't think I missed any of the jokes this time and I'm sure I did the first time. Yeah. But yeah, I mean we've I think this was our hundredth episode when we initially yeah. did You'll it. You'll recognize more
1: knockoff creatures at the end. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Honestly, absolutely. the creatures are my favorite part of this movie, and <laughs> I'm
1: not ashamed. I mean, I love Kroger band Halloween costume versions
2: of
0: famous <laughs> hey, hey, don't you talk about Dragon Bat that way. Dragon Bat <laughs> is awesome.
2: Uh, or Sawhead. Oh, instead of the, the Cinnabons or whatever?
0: Yeah. yeah oh yeah. no, his name is uh Fornicus God of Love and Pain. Is his name. I ha- I found that in Fun Facts. What?
1: I love that. <laughs> yeah,
0: in Fun Facts, almost all of them have names of some sort. And his is Fornicus, which I think is very, very funny. Next time
1: I play an RPG, I'm creating my character as Fornicus, God of Love and Pain.
0: Yeah, God of Love. I think it was God of Love and Pain. Let me double, triple check that. Uh, Lord of Bondage and Pain I'm sorry Fornicus Lord of Bondage and Pain
2: Okay that checks out He is a Cinnabite ripoff So that would That's more accurate Yeah The Hellraiser movies Are like bondage For people who have no idea What the BDSM community Is up to mm-hmm. I believe Every movie that mentions Bondage kinda is like that I don't know Not if you all look of them. There at, are like... more correct ones They just <laughs> never end up <laughs> On our podcasts <laughs> I love that like Both Paige and I Immediately jumped To its defense Like no mm-hmm. Not no. necessarily mm-hmm. There are mm-hmm. other ones I mm-hmm. mean we haven't Done the Secretary. Yeah, but like whatever. And we'll that was the it. one I was thinking. About. <laughs> I was like, the Secretary is pretty close. It's funny that that topic comes up way more in romancing the pod than this one. Oh yes, you, so much.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's not bonkers enough to do in the podcast right now. We'll get there.
2: We'll get there.
0: We'll do it eventually. After we
2: do all the bad BDSM movies, we still got like two three three 365s to get through. I think there are like seven Hellraisers to get through. So, yeah, we. <laughs> yeah, I cannot
1: believe we've not done a, a Hellraiser sequel. Me either. I can. Why?
0: Because you hate them, Todd. Like anytime it comes up, you you cannot even we cannot say the word Hellraiser without you being like it's the fucking worst thing I've ever seen. <laughs> to me, they're
2: like they're like Friday the Thirteenth levels of bonkers, and we should the later jump into ones this. Definitely yeah. are. I mean, Absolutely. I would get back into the franchise knowing that it does get more bonkers and more like tongue and cheek, oh, yeah. making fun of itself sort of stuff. It's oh, not so it's much tongue and
0: cheek. Yeah.
2: No, I meant literal tongue through cheek, like in the pain mm -hmm. sort of sense.
0: It's more that they just started (laughs) buying cheap horror scripts and then just rewriting Pinhead into them. And that's that that became the sequels. So they're all crazy. There's no like good through line or anything. I'd like to get my hot
1: take out of the way. Awesome. Let's go. I think I like this movie less each time I watch
0: it.
2: Really? Interesting.
0: Okay. Okay, Paige, good. But here's what I will say. So the first time I watched this- I loved it, except the end. I- loved every single second of it until the ending. It is a love letter to the like horror fans, yes, right? Yeah. I loved every single second up until the ending and then I was like, fuck, that I was furious. like Jake was like he knew I was going to be mad but then was just like, <laughs> "Whoa, she is mad." She is mad uh, mad. Then watching it today, I still have a lot of fun with it. But a lot more stood out to me where I'm like, oh, that's a screenwriting thing that doesn't work. Like, this is kind of a cop-out, and that doesn't actually flow. One of the big things in screenwriting school is causality of, like, people need a reason to be at a place to do the thing that they want to do. And this movie really throws that out the window a lot of the time. But I will say the ending bothered me less today. So I think knowing it was coming, I was much more okay with it. It bothered me more... And let me tell you what I can't wait to I can't even wait to get there. The little
1: girl from the rich the, the, of the original zombies follows them down there and yes. kills Sigourney Weaver. Correct. I have two things to say. I have two possibilities. One, sure, I think that those zombies should have been targeting the kids that they were like drawn to, not Sigourney Weaver. Also, I think a better ending would have been he pushes Sigourney Weaver and the girl off, then she kills him, and then she takes Sigourney Weaver's position the next year. And that's how the movie. Ended.
0: Honestly, that's kind of what I would have wanted. It's kind of a dark ending in a way, mm-hmm. but I—I I, that was where I thought we were gonna go. Now, here's what I will say that I kind of noticed about the ending this time, because this is all about sacrifice. I think it's crazy how much blood we spill through the like the third act of this movie, and the gods are not appeased. I'm like, you can't, like, you're not gonna take us killing. 70 people I mean and they get all the monsters that come out like it every is... single one yeah. <laughs> Yes, I will say the things that I like most about this movie are the the creatures I think that's hysterical. I love the in jokes about them Yeah, and I love most of the third act where they just come out of the elevators and it is a fucking bloodbath And that cracks me up. I laugh all the way through it. Mm-hmm. I don't know why it brings me so much joy I love that he finally gets to see Merman, the blood through the blowhole. Yes. So everything. Funny. Yes,
2: please. Yeah, it's so great. He finally gets his Merman.
0: He finally gets his Merman. Uh the, the parts that don't work for me, especially on a repeated viewing now, some of the things they do to alter their choices really don't work for me from a writing standpoint.
2: You mean like the pheromones or like the chemicals? Yes. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That I'm like, that does not hold up. And then the ending, because it does give you the choice of you can die with them or die for them. And the fact that they still choose to just die with them. I kind of hate just because it's it seems contrarian for no good reason. But I think what it really is, is you've created all of these problems and all of these interesting things. And you get to an end of a script and you're like, I don't know. Yeah like I I had no idea how to solve this especially knowing I'll burn a fun fact the script was written in three days so like they (laughs) locked themselves in a hotel room and had like challenged themselves to write something and this is what came out of it and a lot of writers do that like that's not a crazy thing but usually that's your first draft and then you kind of build off of it and I'm sure they did too. You
2: polish from there yeah.
0: I'm sure they did like I am sure that they did especially because the rest of the movie is so fun. But I think there are some things where it's like air quotes, pheromones. And they're just like, whatever, we're not going to fix it.
2: Yeah. It, it literally, I could see it in the original draft. It's like, uh, how do we do this? Quote Like it, pheromones, insert reason maybe. here. We'll yeah. fix it later. We'll fix it later. We'll fix it later. And they never fixed it later. Right.
0: And they never fixed <laughs> it later. And I, I feel like that's what the ending feels like to me is that they were like, okay, then what happens? And they're like, I don't know, but we have to check out at noon. Like I, I have no idea. <laughs> I
2: don't know, but the eight ball's gone, and we have to go home and shower.
0: <laughs> I did find extra burned fun fact: the conversation that they have at the end is supposed to be reminiscent of Gorman and Vasquez in Aliens. And with that context, I'm like, I do kind of get it, except that Vasquez and Aliens sacrifice themselves so others can survive. Right? And these people. Won't. Do it. I would have shot that mofo in a heart. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh,
1: the world ends. Oh, Are th- do you guys want to talk about it? Would you shoot him? Yes. I am
0: torn. If I was him, I would have jumped down, or if or I would have been like, just shoot me. If if I was him, I would have offered or jumped or shot myself. A hundred percent. Because for me, it's not worth it to kill everyone for me to survive. Like that. Yes.
2: Literally the whole world. Yeah, I can yes. take the hit
0: for that. I'm so I'm, I'll miss you all, but like at. First- First, I was like, "How do we know they're telling the truth?" But then there's a little literal earthquake, and they can like see the things down below, and like clearly, it's true. Oh yeah, they're not. It's not like a scam. Yeah, I would have believed them. I just saw. Like 50 monsters that yeah, weren't supposed exactly. to just kill a bunch yeah. of people. In her position, I'm a little more torn. I think I inevitably would shoot him, though. Like, and then yes, I would feel I terrible so. for it. You should. I I mean
1: I would probably do the same. But I think that would be the perfect origin of the next director or whatever.
0: Well, I think she's gonna die from her werewolf wounds anyway. So even if she had shot him, I don't think she survives. But like Yeah, me either. But to save the world, even if I die, like that's worth it, you know?
2: I do think if we were all down there. Faced with that choice, yeah, I chew, and Todd. they were like, "Todd, ha- <laughs> I cheat either one of you." <laughs> exactly, but like, <laughs> I think if it was the three of us, Sigourney Weaver says, "You all have to kill Todd." I think you'd hear Paige go, "Oh," and then Mike would go, "Yes." <laughs> I'd be I like, I'd, I'd turn to you and be
0: like I'm sorry bro but it's the whole world you get it right I know and I would have hugged
2: you all goodbye and then taken the shot yeah We we'll let you turn around so you didn't have to see it it would have been fine But as I walk away from you to like take the shot I would be like hey it's amazing the love you take it with you and then take one <laughs> or two more steps and be like See you later. See you, you later. Shoot me. <laughs> <laughs> that is a ghost joke. I'm so sorry if you guys don't listen to romance in the pod. Go listen to the ghost episode. It's fucking unhinged. Todd, I'd be like, I'd be like, look over there, Todd.
1: That's what we're gonna go. Create our rabbit farm
2: <laughs> Mice and <laughs> men jokes Come to this podcast for them Oh yeah. yeah Just don't shoot John Lennon now That's the wrong book that's, It is It was catching the, the Rye. Rye. Rye Sorry Yeah
0: my bad Yeah it was Catcher the Rye Todd what was the bonkers <laughs> question That you wanted to ask Mikey and I Oh shit
2: I, I didn't want to oh, Okay, yeah I didn't necessarily want to do it. <laughs> You said wait for okay. the podcast I'm not sure it's going to make sense On Horror Virgin Because we talked about it On a, an adjustment bureau But I wanted to talk to you guys about the war in heaven, and then it occurred to me that you guys may not have any idea what I'm talking about. Oh, oh, okay. Tell tell me more. Do you know about the war in heaven? Which one?
1: World War One in heaven or World <laughs> War II in heaven?
0: <laughs> do do you mean the war in which Lucifer and his one-third of the angels yes. are cast out? Yes, sure. Which is, by the way, not really in the Bible, but sure. Whatever, right, I'll
2: right, think. right. It's not. Do you know why they were at war with the other two? Two-thirds of heaven?
0: In my understanding, from what I I have learned, it was over pride if i remember correctly that lucifer thought he could lead and then that's where the split happens yeah
2: that is something that i've heard as well so i think that the mormon belief has like a lot of fanfic written around the war in okay. heaven because okay. like it was pride ultimately yeah he wanted to be like satan wanted to be like the jesus of earth or Correct. whatever like all of that shit but he, he wanted the glory and jesus was right. like no give it up to god or whatever but the um, yeah, Stay humble, fam Right, stay humble, dog Actually, if you look If Jesus is, isn't wearing a shirt He's got that tattooed across his chest
3: <laughs> Stay
0: humble Stay humble If you
2: have 17 abs You gotta get tatted up yeah. Absolutely, yeah, yeah He's got 17 He has an odd number of abs <laughs> um, Hey, you gotta show that shit off uh, well,
1: One of his ribs got removed To make pages, people
2: Italians, yeah <laughs> Oh, it just got mistranslated And they thought it was rib not ab yeah (laughs) i mean they did look like rolls of bread like god look at
1: jesus's hawaiian rolls (laughs) <laughs> That's what abs are, paid.
2: They do kind
0: of look like that Anyway, so, okay, so what was the crazy question? That was it Wait, okay, so what was the
2: other fan fiction about That's it? That's it? It's just a generalized question?
1: No punchline
2: No, there wasn't a punchline That's why I was like, I, mean, I just want to talk to you guys about it Like, we, we, when we got on here, we talked for like 30 minutes before we started recording Paige, have you heard about the War of 1812? The <laughs> second war we had with Britain? <laughs> you son of a bitch You know they burned the White House down? <laughs> Did you know that the
0: War of what? 1812 was actually part of a greater series of wars that was happening at the time.
1: Is it on Netflix?
0: (laughs) Holy (laughs) shit! Holy shit I'm so sorry The Nephilim were really in favor of states rights And so it was like a uh, whole weird of thing Of course
2: they were We're half angel
0: Yeah we threw all their tea in the harbor You get it um, So I, what's the other fan fiction around it Cause
2: Oh that if Satan had won or Lucifer had won That we wouldn't have had free will He was going to take away free will That was like his Oh yeah that's not a part of ours bullet. And the reason we had to go to earth was because we had to get a body. Is that part of your mythos too? What?
0: No. Yeah. What? <laughs>
2: so like we <laughs> we didn't have bodies in heaven. And so we had to come to earth to get a body. You got to go to earth and get your Hawaiian rolls ass. <laughs>
0: But if you eat too many Hawaiian rolls,
1: you lose those abs. I don't understand this religion.
0: In our version, Satan's defeat is inevitable because he is ultimately less powerful. I like the version of religion where... Satan's like a bureaucrat
1: assigned
2: to hell to run it for God Where he's, I like, do love those versions I think that's, <laughs> that's pretty like funny. like the Hercules Lucifer which I'm fucking here for. Like, I still like that story better than Cabin in the Woods. You don't like this movie. That's interesting. <laughs> I really liked
1: it
0: when
2: it came out.
0: The initial watch I think is the best one but it's also yes. when the ending is the worst.
2: Yeah I didn't mind the ending that much this time. I honestly don't know yeah. if I minded it the first time You, you did. did.
0: You hated it the first time. Okay
2: I wasn't even there. I just listened to that one <laughs> it does sort of feel like a cop-out though yeah I mean it's it's pretty nihilistic and it is very nihilistic right because the movie yeah. ends with literally the world dying question mark so like yeah okay which I think is sort of funny in a sense I laughed at it this
0: time I did not yeah. laugh the first time I was very angry the first time this time when I knew it was coming when that hand comes up I was like <laughs> all right <laughs>
2: like yeah but if you also like know Joss Whedon and like his style of things he clearly is like that stoner character like is the one he identifies with the most so it like is funny to me that this sort of feels like a hand job to himself a little oh, bit the hand comes up at the end yeah 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 that's what i meant that's the hand job i was referring to i also feel like <laughs> i took a stance strongly against this movie before all the stuff about him came out so now I feel like now
1: I can go harder you know what I'm saying yeah
2: so like it's pretty wild that like he's the one that survives and then when he dies that's when it goes to shit for the earth I technically think the gods should have killed the earth when
1: He runs into the force field.
0: I do love the force field. I think that's one of the funniest parts of this movie. I laugh out loud every time. Yeah, it's
2: so funny. And it's Falcon shadowed like super early on, which I was here for.
0: Oh, yeah. I've always been a little hit or miss on Joss Whedon where some things he does I really like, other things I'm just not as interested in. And this one, especially on a rewatch, is kind of in between for me because it has some of the things that he does that I don't always like. Um, but then it's got Some of just The horror lore Yeah And in jokes Really get me
2: Yeah Even on rewatches It's clear he's a, He's like paying homage To all these movies He loves You know Like yeah. there's a lot of Love and reverence to it Which I, I dig
0: I did uh, And when we get to it I'll, I'll reference it But I did write down The board And who voted for what Okay awesome So we can talk about it Because I, I love That's one of my Favorite scenes And I've pulled up The screenshots of it A bunch But like This was the first time That I realized That some of Not all of them But some of the the teams that are voting for strategic things are also in jokes. And I think awesome. that's yeah. very funny as well
2: Yeah but there's a lot to love about this movie I still was pretty Scared by it at, at times Because there are a lot Of jump scares in this movie Wait where? Yeah like the Werewolf against the glass always gets me Even though you know it's coming
1: The one in the RV got me this time
2: Yes the stab in the RV right I knew that one
0: was coming cause he was like Don't worry everything's gonna be fine And I just started laughing even before The sickle <laughs> went through his neck I was just like like (laughs) like no it's not that makes
1: sense i say that every time to someone and my relationship goes bad
0: (laughs) it's because you're currently leaving their house you're just like don't worry i'm going home to make a quesadilla at my place and not share with you at all (laughs) i was worried because i thought i was going to be the one coming super hard for the ending and i was like Fuck! I don't want to get tagged. I don't want DMs. I I don't need another Jane Austen week. And then when I watched the say I was like, No, you know what? All right, I'll let it slide a little bit. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Especially because Mikey's gonna hate this worse than me. It'll be okay. <laughs> I'll take the I'll take the heat. They never tag you. It's always me. We can say the same thing, and I'll get tags.
2: <laughs> it's so it's sexist. <laughs> yep. I, I like how he said that, just like matter of factly. Like, like, yeah, it's sexist it
1: is and also like you're the more important host I mean I know my place in the podcast where I can have like wild
2: opinions and they're like oh guy it's the other one (laughs) but you are very much in like the wild card lane right (laughs) yes so you're sort of expected to have shit takes
1: because I like try to come at like I try to take a weird take almost every movie because I think it's funny well first off if Newt really killed everyone don't you fucking come for my girl Newt
0: She shouldn't have came for the colony, babe. (laughs) She didn't. Your whack-ass, like, theory did. It had nothing to do with her.
1: You know, not a lot of people argue that theory. And
2: people are talking. Yeah, they
1: shouldn't. It makes no sense.
2: I mean, now people are saying that. Now people are, yes. Although, if you listened to... So we're
0: recording this on a Monday, which is unusual for us. But if you listen to the cult podcast that dropped today, you will hear me completely forget which podcast i am on and just go the notebook oh yeah murder suicide and armando be like what
3: (laughs) what are you talking about
0: he's like i've never seen the movie is that
1: what it's about that's me at work anytime somebody mentions the notebook at work i was like oh that murder suicide movie and they're like
0: suicide movie
1: they're like what's wrong with you and i was like i know i watched the movie yeah (laughs) they're like they died of a broken heart i was like okay like padme (laughs) okay padme
0: (laughs) (laughs) that actually makes sense because when the doctor walks in at the end of the movie he just leans his head in he's like you're under cardiac arrest (laughs) (laughs) so do you guys want to go through it so we can talk about it scene by scene yes we open on blood over hieroglyphs which immediately reminded me of the end of this movie and i was like this fucking
3: <laughs> <laughs> like out the gate, I was like uh, trying oh, to like it. We're coming
1: hard at movies from twenty ten ish, two thousand eleven,
0: and and the story of how this movie comes to be and gets released is actually really interesting.
2: It actually premiered in two thousand twelve. It was April thirteenth, two thousand twelve. Mm. Yeah, yeah, the end of the world year. If you
1: guys don't remember that,
2: <laughs> oh shit! If Nick Cage didn't remind you enough, wasn't he in
0: that movie twenty twelve? Oh
1: god, I don't
3: remember that. You
1: know, he was in Knowing. Knowing is a movie where angels come and take his children to a different planet.
0: What?! (laughs) <laughs> yeah dude Wait hold on I'm missing yeah, it There's nuts. 2012
1: And there's knowing And they're both very similar One is Nick Cage And one is Okay I looked it up John Cusack This is 2012 it, Wait is it aliens or angels I thought it was aliens Well they're like a little of both Like when you're like You know you fill that role Kind of you know
0: I mean I can't talk I just wrote a pilot That basically is like Is it aliens So like whatever
1: But at the it's end funny. You were like Yeah it is
0: This
2: is a science fiction Thriller film Can we do this For the podcast no, it's oh. it's not
1: really scary. It's-, it's scary that it got made for millions and millions yes. and millions of dollars. That's correct. I'm going to watch this. If it's scary, I'll, maybe I'll advocate for it. It's kind of a Mikey movie.
2: Yeah, Mikey, I know it's kind of a Mikey movie when you said, aliens took his kids to another planet and i'm assuming they're adam and eve of that new planet yeah i think so knowing oh,
1: was Jesus. made to be serious
0: like too serious where at the end they're almost just like aren't you crying yet and you're like no <laughs> there's like a, there's i'm like a wondering speech. how this happened <laughs> like a speech. At the end, about humanity. Well, they put them in like
1: a little, <laughs> like a pod thing, right? Yeah, they take them like New Eden. It's like fucking insanity. Okay, we cannot talk about that this. The fact that I can recite this whole movie from memory, yeah, from
0: when I saw it in the theater. Tells me that I love this film. Well, that, that's like <sighs> when I like shouted the plot of Barbarian at my parents in the middle of a California pizza kitchen a week and a half
3: ago. <laughs> so.
1: I thought out there you'd just call them pizza kitchens.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no. No.
1: This is like every stoner's favorite movie. Like, see... Smoking does good for you. I'm like, this is not the But here's the thing, they, they don't
0: even get stoners right in this movie. And that kind of bothers me too. Like, they give weed way too much credit. And I was just like, Man, if you had shit that could get you that high, I would never stop smoking. <laughs> like, this seems like an optimal weed experience.
1: Paige, have you tried PCP? <laughs> <laughs>
0: No, I refuse I would never I learned my lesson from that time that guy in Wu-Tang cut his dick off I'm never gonna try PCP I'm sorry which Wu-Tang lost his tang he's an ancillary (laughs) Wu-Tang member he's like one of like second or third tier but he did cut his dick off on PCP and then they interviewed him for Hamilton's Pharmacopia episode on PCP did he get his dick back no
1: a raccoon took it and (laughs) ran away
0: I don't want the illusion of super strength because that's what PCP does to you. You like can't feel pain. You should try living with it. (laughs) Yeah, because you can't feel pain. People just like jump off buildings and shit. (laughs) It's just, it's bad for business. Yeah, but basically
1: this guy's on PCP the whole film.
0: (laughs) No, they make it appear almost as if he, because he's having like auditory hallucinations and shit. Yeah, but he dismembers a
1: zombie, not a little bit, but a lot. Yeah, maybe it is PCP. (laughs) They're like, we found something in the bag that we didn't touch.
0: And I'm like, we didn't, it's making him immune. (laughs) I do, I'm going to burn a fun fact just because I think it's funny and it is applicable to this. So, the reason he doesn't go swimming in the lake and the reason that he's in kind of baggy clothes the whole time is because apparently that dude was fucking shredded. And they were like, if we let him take his shirt off in this movie at all, no one's going to believe he's the stoner nerd.
1: (laughs) He's got them Hawaiian rolls.
0: <laughs> He's got them Hawaiian rolls. He's got an odd number, lady. For kings, son. <laughs> anyway, uh, we open in an office building uh, that seems nondescript. And we have, uh, what is his name? Bradley? Bradley
2: Whitford. Yeah, I love Bradley Whitford.
0: Bradley Whitford. And then another guy
2: who is also famous. Oh. He's in everything. I know you're talking about. It. He is great. His name is Richard Jenkins.
0: Anyway, they are having water cooler talk. It's not very kind, but I also think that Bradley Whitford's character is not supposed to be kind. No, he's kind of a villain. So they're walking through the hallways and another worker catches up with them and is like, hey, Stockholm went south. And he's like, I thought they were looking good. And she's like, no. And he's like, well, it's never a stable scenario. We can't trust the Swedes. And she's like, but Barcelona and Buenos Aires fell, too. And he's like, it's just Japan and us now. We do briefly later see clips of the other cities. Yes. I have a fun fact to burn. Do you want me to do it now or then? Yes.
3: Burn Let's it now. It. Burn, burn it all.
2: Give it to us now.
0: So each of those cities is actually supposed to represent a different monster from a different horror film.
1: Yeah. Well, Japan, obviously the ring.
2: Japan whatever.
0: is obviously the ring. Although the Japan callback is one of my favorite parts of this movie. Yeah, it's pretty great. Buenos Aires is uh, King Kong and Stockholm is John Carpenter's The Thing. <gasps> and then- Awesome.
2: Awesome okay yeah Yeah. Uh,
0: And then finally Madrid Is Dracula I do think it's really funny that it is Stockholm And it is the Swedes Even though John Carpenter's The thing is Norwegians that they consistently (laughs) Call Swedes on accident
2: Yeah. That was very funny This movie is insanely meta
0: Yes so we cut to from, From them being like Well it's just Japan and us but it'll be fine We cut to the group of teens that we're going to be following, and they are packing for a camping trip. Uh, We do establish that Dana, who's the redhead, has slept with one of her professors, and then he broke up with her via email. We see that her friend dyed her hair blonde. We meet her friend's boyfriend, Chris Hemsworth, who we will find out is on a full academic scholarship and is actually a smart dude because he's like... Yeah, no, if you have this professor, read this book because he doesn't know it as well and he'll think you're insightful. And he's like actually a smart... Kind of fun guy
2: I do love That like when he sees his girlfriend With books he's like what what are you doing with these What have I told you about <laughs> these and she's like I learned it from watching you Like that Shit like that is like what a good Healthy relationship looks like to me Like just someone who will like Be silly and one up your bits like Fuck
0: for case in point I was Answering work emails in the Bathroom because I had my phone Right and Jake texted me Did you die on the toilet like L? this and then I texted him back yes put pepperonis on my eyes for the ferryman and then he texted back and I will read it to you verbatim because it is worth it's not enough. I'm just Giotto the boatman. <laughs> I got a hole in my gondola. Uh, so he invented an entire Italian character for our role playing.
2: <laughs> you guys are into some weird shit, and I'm here for it, Paige. Yeah. Everyone has their kinks, man. We always have
0: pepperonis handy, just in case somebody dies. Your
1: body is my uh, gondola.
2: Your body is my gondola. Uh, anyways,
0: <laughs> I've just started texting phrases with the italian hand emoji on either side of it so people know that's how it's supposed to be read yeah, yeah. i read him a text
1: <laughs> somebody posted the <laughs> facebook group that i accidentally used waligi's full name as it's you a me mr pop this
2: <laughs> you duxed waligi on an episode Wow. <laughs> anyway so thor
0: throws a football out the window to his friend who catches it down below and this is a friend that they've like brought to kind of try and set up with dana to like get her out of this funk from sleeping with her professor. So they all go down, they're packing the Winnebago and who should show up but a hot boxing Volvo Outsteps Marty with a giant travel mug that extends into a bong, which by the way was fully functional. Really? (laughs) As both a travel mug and a bong and it cost them $5,000 to make.
2: Nice. Did it actually collapse like that? It did. That's awesome. It is fully functional. Because it looks like a regular like coffee mug you would take to work to your very corporate job you know
0: yep it flies under every radar it's great yeah that's pretty dope yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. (laughs) so he goes to the Winnebago and this is how you know that this movie is old Is because they're like, dude, cool it with the weed. We don't want to get in trouble. And I was like, from who? Yeah, (laughs) that is one of those
2: things that does not hold up well at all. Just because, I mean, here in the South, we can't get weed. But, like, it is much more relaxed as far as policing goes on it. You can't hear this, but Mikey is, like, winking at me. There's a big
1: push to police the fentanyl right now
3: yeah
0: um if you're gonna police one thing i'd say police the fentanyl just you know let the stoners order more pizza than they normally would and you know nobody gets hurt <laughs>
1: <laughs> what is that like a hostage
0: negotiation
1: <laughs> nobody gets hurt let the stoners order pizza
0: <laughs> just let them walk through drive throughs and everything is gonna be no.
1: fine if you've ever been behind someone walking through a drive-thru <laughs> It's the worst. It happens
0: pretty frequently to me. However, some places will have a sign that's like, we will not serve you if you walk up. But then other places are just like, what up, bro? Yeah, I'm blazed as fuck too. How many tiny tacos <laughs> do you want? Do you want those toasted and smothered?
2: Hell yeah. Tiny tacos do sound good right now. Tiny tacos now. sounds so good. Dude, like Jack in the Box, couple. tiny
0: tacos fucking slap. Anyway, they start their journey and he's rolling like half a cartel's worth of weed on that table. Yeah. He's got like half a pound in a bag and then another half a pound out on the table that he's rolling. Like just like loose. Just loose. <laughs> like how much money did he
1: spend for this
0: cabin that's weekend? so much weed. Like the, here's the thing. Now because it's taxed now, it's more expensive to get that much weed. And it also looks like he's rolling shake. He's not rolling flour. So that's going to be a difference in price. But that's, like, the amount of weed that they pull out, like, when they catch smugglers and they've got, like, a brick of it. Like, that's how much weed it is? I mean, that's dealer amount of weed. And it's also potentially thousands of dollars, depending on how good the weed is. So, if you got
1: pulled over with that much weed, you might be in a little bit of a situation.
0: Oh, you're going to prison. That is possession with intent to distribute. But I always think it's funny in movies where there's just way too much weed on the Yeah,
2: I thought it was weird that he, like, slammed his head down into it and snorted a bunch and then (laughs) started... Started telling people to look at his little friend or whatever. Tried to, like, push one of the joints into his arm. (laughs) (laughs) But he, like, is making these... Joints so the weeds like loose out on the table while they're in the RV driving. Like, that's the worst time to have I know, right? The window opens and like the shit goes everywhere. You just run over a bump and it shakes off the table. Like, what are you doing?
0: Yeah, you just (laughs) sent $300 out the door window. (laughs) Like, it's crazy. But then the other thing, too, because he's got conservatively like 20 joints rolled on the table. Yeah. And I'm like, Is he rolling these to sell? Because even for, like, heavy weed smokers, they're only away for a weekend. Like, that's so (laughs) much 48 hours, yeah. It's bonkers. (laughs) It's crazy. Anyway, so, as they're driving... They we cut over to the office who is watching and they're like, we're right on time. We cut back into the Winnebago and they're like, this road doesn't even show up on GPS. And he's like, that's the whole point to get off the grid. And we cut to the office where Bradley Whitford and Richard Jenkins, who have been walking this whole way to kind of like talking in between themselves as we cut back and forth. Now they walk into the control room. They have to show their ID. Yeah, This is where we meet their security guy. The new one. The new one. Yeah. I don't know what happened to the last one, but this one is going to have a close encounter with the Scarecrow folk. And that's.
2: (laughs) Yeah. He has a bad night. He has a bad night. Yeah. You sort of feel bad for him because he's like the only one who's like, should we actually be doing this? This is bad. Yeah.
0: He's the only one with any compassion. Yeah. And then he gets (laughs)
2: killed in the end. Like no one survives. So.
0: Well, and he (laughs) tries to grenade them to like. Kill and save people And is willing to sacrifice himself to do it Yeah Anyway Meanwhile the teens roll up to the Harbinger Which has a very conspicuous confederate flag uh, (laughs) And a lot of dangerous rusty stuff laying around And is conveniently a closed gas station So They're looking around. He pops out and he's like, you're uninvited. I'm closed. And they're like, whoa, dude, we just need gas. Like, how about could we just get gas and maybe directions to Tillerman Road? And he's just like, with that whore? And they're like, hold up. Whoa, hey. Hey. So (laughs) they get a little bit of gas. They throw some money at him. And they're like, that's enough gas, right? And he's like, enough to get there. But it's the trip back that's the (laughs) Like, and they're just like we're leaving I don't whatever I can't but
2: they pay him but then they fuck off yeah well he throws his money at him yeah
0: yeah anyway he watches them drive down the road they go through the mountain tunnel and as they do we watch as a falcon flies and hits the force field just as they come out the other side
2: yeah Yeah. it's really cool I really like it I like the way they set all this up because it's clear they're like fucked
1: but like This is how most horror movies start Where you're like Yeah they're kind of fucked
2: Yeah I guess that's true Yeah but I mean One of the reasons I love about this movie Is that Well let me say it this way Like Paige When you said it took Three days to write this movie I had the thought This time watching it I was like I bet this movie was One of the easiest things Joss ever wrote Because it is so referential It's like Yes Where do I want to Borrow from Or pay homage to Right Like do I want to Do an aliens reference Or whatever Or do I want to go In a different direction Halloween or whatever and then just sort of plug that into the next scene right it's ready player one for horror movies. yeah it very much is i just loved all of that about it i don't know it's
3: cool
0: yeah so we cut to them approaching the cabin which is absolutely modeled after the evil dead cabin yeah. and the cab the cabin fever cabin which is also modeled after the evil dead cabin it's the evil dead cabin yeah and they kind of go and start dividing up rooms but as holden gets into his room, he's Thor's friend, but he sees that there's this real creepy picture of a bunch of farmers just like going ham on a sheep, like pulling entrails out whole nine. And he's like, oh no. So he takes the painting off the wall, revealing a two-way mirror. Yeah. So that he can see into Dana's room as she's starting to undress. And he does watch it for...
2: Slightly longer than I would have But then he does warn her I definitely understand that moral dilemma Like he goes through in that moment He does the right thing obviously But I get it
0: Yeah he he does warn her I wish he would have done it faster But he does Yeah And then offers to switch rooms
1: So he can put on a show with his Hawaiian roles.
2: Oh absolutely The first thing he does When he goes into his room Is take his shirt off Knowing that he did not put that painting up
1: Oh what you didn't see Is that he did like He did like 30 push ups and crunches before he took his shirt off they're like why are you doing burpees down the hallway he's like shut up
0: he's like i'll be right back
3: i mean and here's <laughs> here's the thing she watches
0: for a little too long too like it is also you know yeah. anyway but she ends up putting she tries to put the painting back up and is like oh no so then she puts a blanket over it the
2: painting is creepy as fuck i would put a blanket blanket over creepy. it too
0: so anyway <laughs> We cut back to the control room where they're like, "Hey, they switched rooms. Let engineering know. Um, should we pipe some things in orally?" And we find out that they're making, they're actively making her blonde friend dumber, like through the hair dye, and then they're trying to make Marty dumber through the weed that he's smoking. They're actively yeah. like controlling the scenario. Yeah,
2: through chemicals or whatever. Right. Yeah.
0: But the harbinger calls. And they put him on speakerphone. I
2: do sort of love the Harbinger speakerphone (laughs) bit. Like love it (laughs) so much. I mean, Bradley Whitford and Richard Jenkins are like they're they're great, but they are villains. But they're so funny together. Like it's very very funny. And I do.
0: The Harbinger is just like their eyes are blind to the iniquity and the blood, and their ears are stopped. We need to cleanse the world of the. Am I on speakerphone? Yeah, <laughs> like I can hear
2: the echo. I know you're lying. To yeah, me. Gary, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like your one coworker who just takes it too far. But I, I like that the harbinger was obviously there for the people going to the cabin, right? But the harbinger is also there for the people who are like putting on this ritual, right? Yeah. So I love that the harbinger plays like a, a playing dual a dual role. role. Yeah, like I don't know if he got paid twice, but you know whatever. Whatever.
0: He definitely got paid his voiceover rate, so for sure we cut to all the teens swimming in a gross lake, except for Marty because he was fucking
2: shredded. I do love that, like when Thor's girlfriend doesn't want to get in, he's like, "Oh my god, what's that in the lake?" It looks like my girlfriend, and he shoves her in. <laughs> he just throws her I, in. I, I, that was really <laughs> funny. I don't remember. I did not remember that from the first time, so that made me laugh again this time.
0: I anytime anyone throws anyone into pools or lakes, I get really nervous because I'm just like cell phone. Like, is it in your pocket? Like, Oh, yeah.
2: Like, <laughs> I would be livid if you threw me in the lake. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And then he jumps in and he's like, oh, no, it's the gorgeous man. And she's like, I'm going to kill you. He's like, don't kill the George- gorgeous man. We're endangered. <laughs> 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 Crazy. <laughs> we cut back to the control room where they are posting bets on. And we don't know exactly what yet. We just hear that uh, zoology swears that we have one. Uh, we don't know what that refers to. And that maintenance always votes the same way and Ronald the intern wants to vote the same as maintenance but he's kind of confused about the whole thing.
2: I love the way this scene ends. Yes. Because the intern's like I don't I don't know what I should do. Bradley Whitford's character like tell me what you're thinking and Bradley Whitford's character goes I just want this moment to be over as soon as (laughs) possible. (laughs) That was was such a funny way of being like, I don't care. Just tell me what you want to do so we can both move on with our lives. I loved it.
0: Yes. Well, and this is also where the security guard is like, this is kind of macabre. (laughs) Like this is harsh. And they're like, it's just people letting off steams. And he's like, well, but you control the outcome. And they're like, no, no, no. They have to choose. It is free will. We have we can get them to the cellar, but then they choose what kills them. Yeah. Which I do think is kind of part of the movie that doesn't work for me because they seem to have a lot of control. Not so much on free will, but whatever. yeah,
2: I agree, Paige. I don't think they really have any free will at all. I do yeah. think that they are like whatever monster comes is very much tied to whatever yeah. trinket they interact with. So like... I can definitely see why they would place bets on that because that is one of the only games of chance in this, right, that you could do. The rest of it is very much controlled, right? Yes. It's almost Hunger Games-ish in that sense, right? And they're the game masters,
0: yeah. Yes. Well, and, and he walks him through, he's like, They met the harbinger. That guy's practically wearing a sign that says you're going to die. And they still (laughs) went on like they have to choose to ignore him and choose what happens in the cellar. Yeah. If they don't transgress, if they don't make those bad choices, it doesn't happen. But then at the same time, they're like pumping pheromones and stuff in to influence those choices. So, yeah. We cut back to a teen cabin party, uh, and they are similarly dancing in the control room.
2: Love that shot. So funny. This
0: is where they play Truth or Dare, where Jules, the blonde
2: friend, uh, ends up making out with a werewolf. Which, she goes above and beyond on that wolf head. Like
0: She does. She's doing the most. She is doing the most. This is one of those things where I was like, they don't get stoners right, because Marty's like, that moose... And they're like, clearly that's a wolf. And he's like, whatever that creature is. And I'm like, look, man, I have known people to be pretty fucking stoned. And they would still know that that was a wolf <laughs> like that. Yeah.
1: Unless he's on PCP.
0: <laughs> on PCP, it's like, I killed that wolf with my bare hands.
1: I dare you to kiss that that moose
2: that I killed earlier. <laughs> yes. <laughs> It's definitely a raccoon But okay <laughs> I wonder if Not getting Stoners Quote unquote Is a reference To like 80s and 90s Slashers Also that not getting That could be really funny Actually <laughs> Because like They don't get potheads Like we just did Front of the 13th part Seven yeah. right And they there was that In that movie too it was that just That was like another crazy. movie
0: That had way too much Weed in it yeah. Where you were
2: like Is he a member Of the cartel Like what is happening So I don't know If it is a reference To it but I definitely Could see it being a Reference to it I
0: would accept that As an explanation
2: Yeah but I have not Read anyone saying That that was just Me wondering (laughs) Yeah yeah.
0: I mean they reference Everything else So that would make sense Anyway She makes out With that wolf She comes back Which by the way Making out with Taxidermy Not a good idea Chemicals.
2: It doesn't seem like a fun time to me. I don't know.
0: You should probably not put taxidermy in your mouth. I mean, if you accidentally licked one once, it's probably fine. But like, you shouldn't like practically deep throat it. Like she does. I would imagine. Yeah.
2: She's like licking the tongue. She was in there, man. The tongue's probably <laughs> fake. Well, for the movie,
0: it was. You should not make out with taxidermy.
1: They said the same thing about mold, and that's how we got penicillin.
0: What? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Don't lick mold. Like
2: what I will
1: eat blue cheese forever.
2: (laughs) That's a different thing, my man. I don't want you like looking at your shower in your old house like, oh, someone left blue cheese on my walls.
3: Yeah.
1: (laughs) I don't understand why you two have to be so anti science all the time.
2: If you want to die like Britney Murphy, that's on you. Wasn't it the spores in her house? Yeah, it was probably more. They haven't
0: proven that. That's what I believe because it also killed her husband. So she comes back from licking that wolf and uh, <laughs> Dana's next and they're like, you're just going to pick truth because you're a pussy. And she's like, no, dare. And as she says it, the cellar door opens and they're like, it must have been the wind. And I'm like,
2: inside the cabin? Like- right. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Anyway. I mean, I, I, de- I certainly would not go down there, right? I wouldn't go close to it. I'd go back to the Rambler or whatever and get the fuck out of there. Yep. But this moment scared me, though. Because I didn't know it was coming and it was a big loud sound, and it, that qualifies as a jump scare in my body, apparently. I guess. Not my body, but sure. Yeah, no, I honestly hate that about myself.
0: <laughs> so they all go down into the cellar. Now, what I found myself wondering is if. If they hadn't gone into the cellar and if at that point they had just been like, we're out and going to the Rambler,
2: what would they have done? They would have blown the, the uh, passageway and they would have been stuck there. Yeah. I yeah. don't think that there's any way they can get out unless the final girl does survive, right? Because that's the right. one that's allowed to live doesn't matter if right. she dies or not as long as she experiences pain, whatever that Bradley Whitford says or whatever.
0: Right, right, right.
2: Um, so like everyone except for the final girl is dead. Right. Wholesale. Doesn't matter from that point on. Right.
0: Yeah. So they go down in the cellar and there's just a whole bunch of like film projectors, creepy dolls, diary, a wedding dress, a conch, a music box, puzzle <laughs> sphere. And they're all things that you're like, clearly these are haunted objects. Dude,
2: I love I mean Yes, Paige, obviously, all of them are haunted. Like, don't touch <laughs> the fucking haunted antiques. This is the reason I tell Natalie I don't want to go antiquing right here.
1: I would have had Cinnabon, Lord of Lord of Pain and Suffering and Bondage after me because I'd been like, oh, a puzzle. <laughs> but if you have to solve it, I wouldn't be able to solve it. So i just be like, oh, fuck this puzzle.
0: <laughs> but Dana picks up the diary and reads from it. And it is horrifying. Uh, it's the section that's like mama screened most of the night until papa cut her belly and stuffed coals in it. Which sounds like it might be a reference to the Ant Hill Kids, which is a real case that happened uh, with really? Rock Uh He was a cult leader that would perform amateur surgery on his multiple wives. Uh, it's super dark, real upsetting story.
2: Yeah, that does not sound awesome.
0: <laughs> it's one of a, a very small handful of cult podcast episodes that we like recorded and then like finished recording and then just sat there for a second. And we're like. I gotta, like, watch Spongebob or something. Like, I gotta, like, cleanse the brain I gotta bit. take a break. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But we do, from here, get the the line that, like, cutting the flesh gives him the husband's bulge. Yeah. Which, of course, my husband walked through the room and was like, I've got a husband bulge. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> to see him. Anyway, there's Latin. And she's like, I wonder what it says in Latin. And I do love that Marty's like, don't read the Latin. Like, motherfucker.
2: Like, Marty is all of us being like, I've seen this a million times. Yeah, he's like, I know exactly what's happening, and it's not good. Everyone stop. And I like how he's like. Everyone stop. Hey, can we all go back upstairs? I dare everyone to go back upstairs. upstairs. (laughs) I really like that.
0: But she reads it aloud, and the zombies start to rise, including the mother zombie with her belly of coals, we cut yeah. back to the control room where he's like, We have a winner. It's the Buckners. So maintenance, who I guess chooses the Buckners every time, and Ronald the intern yeah. win. I, I do love
2: when they announce <laughs> it you hear maintenance uh, and Ron the intern. And you hear him go, woo, like in the in fact, back in the distance. It's so far. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Are you ready to go through the list?
0: Yes, do it. Okay. Werewolf. Uh, which finance has voted for werewolves. Yeah. Alien Beast, which is Biomed, which I thought was pretty funny that that's who was doing that. Mutants is Demolition. Wraiths, nobody voted for Wraiths. It's never Wraiths. It's never Wraiths. <laughs> Zombies, which is the Chem Department. Reptilius, we don't know what Reptilius is, but nobody voted for it. Was that
2: the Big Snake, maybe?
0: No, because Giant Snake is also on this list. Oh. <laughs> uh, so I don't know what Reptilius is clowns were electrical okay which i found pretty fun yeah uh witches were operations sexy witches (laughs) were archives and they're two separate
3: (laughs) that's great uh
0: demons nobody voted for hell lord it just says sitters and then angry molesting tree is wranglers
2: you can just call them
0: ants well, no, Angry Molesting Tree is
2: Evil Dead, the oh, original that's right. Evil that's Dead. That's right, that's right. I forgot about that. You're right. The one that you have not seen, but. No, I mean, there's a pretty, pretty handsy tree in the remake, too, Paige. Okay.
0: Uh, Giant Snake, which is internal logistics, Deadites, which is story department. <laughs> Kevin, nobody voted for Kevin, uh, but I do have a fun fact about Kevin. Kevin is meant to be shared universe. With 2005's Sin City, so it's based on Elijah oh, Woods' character from Sin yellow City, man, the
1: Yellow Boy or whatever. Mm-hmm. The
0: the yeah, he made me watch as the he like bastard ate her hands. Name was yeah yeah. yeah yeah. It's that Yellow Bastard is the comic that it's based on. That's the villain from that one. Kevin is like one of his henchmen that is also a cannibal. Anyway, Mummy Psychology, which I think is a pun joke, like Mummy like Mommy. But anyway, I love fun. it. The Bride Digital Analysis, The Scarecrow Folk, which is Data Archives, Snowman is Communications, Dragon Bat, which no
2: one votes for. No one wants to see Dragon Bat. The cleanup on that's a nightmare.
0: We see so much Dragon Bat at the end. I love it so much. Vampires is Distribution, which I think is funny because they tend to replicate. Yeah. Dismemberment Goblins, The Sugar Plum Fairy, merman which is bradley whitford has voted for merman the reanimated which is administration so they have the zombies reanimated and then the zombie redneck torture family yeah Yeah. which is what maintenance and ronald voted for unicorn which was engineering the huron we don't know what that is either Sasquatch, Wendigo, and Yeti. Dolls, and it just says kitchen next to it. So the kitchen crew voted for dolls. And then (laughs) the doctors and jack-o'-lantern, giant, and twins. Okay. That is your list. I would have voted for Dragon Bat, personally.
2: We do see Dragon (laughs) Bat do some work, and it's pretty impressive work. Dude, I fucking love Dragon Bat. Dragon Bat forever. I mean, he's not quite as good as Bone Bat, but- I do like Dragon Bat. I mean, I feel like Bone Bat and Dragon Bat would be friends. Or maybe even distantly related, you know? Maybe. They're both of the horror bat species. Yeah. Dragon Bat takes
0: it a little too far. I don't know. (laughs) He's got like screaming echolocation. And he also, my favorite thing about Dragon Bat is he gets released in a building where he can't easily fly down the hallways because he's too big. So he kind of bumbles around like a real bat, and I do really think that's funny. It's sort of cute. Like a bat stuck in a ceiling
2: tile. (laughs) That's pretty much
1: how I am in an office space.
2: You ever see Mikey in his storage unit, guys? No. (laughs) It's the last (laughs) thing you'll see.
0: (laughs) So they clarify for the security guy. They're like, this is actually what nightmares are made of. They are based on worse things, essentially. But you'll, you'll, you know, you'll get used to it. But this is also where Bradley Whitford is like, he had the conch in his hand. Like, I'm never going to see a merman, am I? And then this is where Richard Jenkins is like, it's terrifying. And the cleanup is a nightmare. But instead, they get zombified, pain-worshipping, backwoods idiot, <laughs> a.k.a. zombie redneck torture family, the Buckners. Yeah. So he says, we should call Japan. And he's like, well, what are they going to do? Kick back and relax? It's Japan, <laughs> which is racist. Yeah. Uh, but mm-hmm. then we cut to a video feed of what is happening in Japan. And it is a classroom full of school children, school girls specifically, yeah. screaming and trying to get out of the classroom while essentially an analog for the ring is occurring in the middle of the room. And I just thought about this, but like, so does Japan have different
1: rules than them where they don't need the five types?
0: I think, yes. So here's what I think I think that each culture has requirements based on us, like whatever our cultural, you know, vibe is. And I feel like if you're looking for what's one of the most American horror tropes, kids at a cabin, gotta be it. Like that's so, that's very us. Uh, And then if you look at the the feed from Japan, that, I mean, yes, it's supposed to be the ring, but it could also be the grudge. It could be a million different- So many
2: movies, especially from that time. Yeah.
0: And then I think the other ones are kind of just a little bit of a throwaway to get those other monsters in there. But I think it's based on who we are. So, whichever continent or whatever.
2: Yeah, I think that you're right. We don't have confirmation of that, but I think that makes sense. Yeah. Especially if you're thinking about the, when the meta-ness of this movie actually becomes like the metaphor of the movie. And that would be like the viewers are the gods or whatever. Yes.
0: Cause we call for the sacrifice. Yes. Yeah,
2: exactly. It would make sense in this weird metaphor for this movie that the gods that you're trying to appease in each location would be. A The same culture right So like that makes sense Yeah
0: Yeah Anyway we cut back To the cabin Where now Jules is doing A sexy fireplace dance (laughs) And everyone's kind of like This is out of character For her all right. it's
2: also like super weird because she's like dancing for everybody and her boyfriend's like yeah woo yeah it's uncomfortable
0: it's very trash in uh return of the living dead
2: <laughs> yeah but if trash's boyfriend was about to go over to the stoner and be like i'm gonna get off on watching you rail my girlfriend <laughs> like that's the
3: vibe <laughs>
0: Instead of, because Suicide is the name of Trash's boyfriend, uh, where he just stands at the edge of the graveyard and is like, no one understands me. (laughs) I have thoughts, you know. (laughs) It would be so great. Anyway, so after her dancing, she and Thor go outside to have sex in the woods. And they basically are just like, perfect... This is what we need them to do. Yeah. So that they can die.
2: I mean, and they are chemically orchestrating this evening. Like, they don't yes. even necessarily have free will at this point, right?
0: Right. And at this point, Marty's like, don't you think it's weird? Because, like, they're acting strange. He's acting like some aggro macho dude, and that's not him. Like, he's a sociology major. This is where we learn he's on an academic
2: scholarship, right? He's on a full ride for his brain.
0: This is the first time where we also hear Marty basically say, like, I think we're being puppeted by puppeteers. Right. So he, he decides that he's gonna go kind of to his room and come down from his crazy high i guess meanwhile he leaves the other two on the couch where again they are piping pheromones and stuff into the house but he's reading the diary in latin and they're kind of like getting to know each other a little bit better
2: i do love it. she's like wait you speak latin he's like no not since
1: 10th grade yeah my high school had a, la- a latin class you could take
0: yeah i was required to learn latin roots for a lot of stuff but not full latin.
2: Yeah. Is that a band? Yeah, Latin Roots. They they just do roots covers but it's like salsa. It's great honestly. honestly that would be such a that good cover
3: awesome. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> It's
0: like I'm here for that. Yeah. Uh and Latin Roots would be a hilarious name for that too. <laughs> Anyways, so uh they're out in the woods they find a nice spot and they're like literally piping in pheromones or changing the lighting. Well, and the controlling
2: the temperature because like she doesn't want to get naked because yes. she's cold or whatever. So like she's
0: cold. So they raise the temperature. Yeah. But I also really kind of hate the whole like all the guys are in the room
2: watching. I'm just like, Ugh. but they do kick everyone out before it. Ha-
1: this is Mikey from Harvard. Virgin. I practiced this ad for factor in my car today. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Can you show us what you practiced? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Happens, right. They I feel do. like they expect everyone to show up. And so they orchestrate a, a way for them to like, oh, it's not going to happen this year. And then they kick everybody out and then they make it happen because they know they have to appease right. the viewers. Right. They have to appease right. the, the gods.
0: Right. Right. And so she's got to show her boobs before she gets killed, which I also don't like. But at the same time, I mean, yeah, every Friday the Thirteenth movie.
2: <laughs> like, yeah, that is a you know. very common trope in slashers. Yeah, yeah. Or it used to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's. I feel like this is paying homage to th- all yeah, of to that. Yeah,
0: to those '80s ones. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, the zombies attack. They stab through her hand. They snag her with a bear trap on a on a chain, which is terrifying, uh, but also reminded me of Kung Pao Enter the Fist. If anyone has seen. Kung Pao into the fist.
1: Love Kung
2: Pao into the fist. Like Betty's claws. God. I'm just like, nah, Banty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate this. I don't know what you'd call it. This weapon that is, they're using. Like It's a bear claw on a chain. I mean, it's a bear trap on a chain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate it yeah. so much. It is like so terrifying to me. I don't think the physics of it would work, but I still hate it. Yeah. Anyway, so... They then farm saw her head off. Dude, I love this shot, though. It's so good because they're like holding Hemsworth back, right? And they're uh, preparing her to be killed. She's screaming and all that stuff. And she says, no, don't. And then starts to yell cut as they're cutting her throat. Mm -hmm. And as she yells cut, that's when the scene stops. And I was like, oh, that's such a fun little like meta nerdy joke. And Mm -hmm. I'm here for that. That's such a fun way to do it.
0: So they throw the lever. And blood pours into the statue because she has died.
2: We don't actually see the totality of the statues yet, but we see like the top of it. Yeah.
0: Right. We cut to Marty's room where he is reading Little Nemo and Adventures in Slumberland. Are either of you familiar? Yeah, I've seen Nemo. No, completely different. But Jason Momoa.
1: Oh, Dreamland. Yeah, I've not watched it. Is it good?
0: I don't know. I haven't seen that version. I am familiar with there's like a I think it's like Miyazaki adjacent version uh, that came out when I was younger. That is fucking terrifying, (laughs) which it is kind of an allegory for this film in, in a way because
2: they are stuck in sort of a dream world.
0: Yes, exactly. Yep. Yeah. Uh, but he decides he's going to go out for a walk. He goes outside, uh, and as he walks past the other two making out on the couch, he does comment that one of them has a husband bulge. Uh, that I do think is pretty funny.
3: Yeah,
2: I think husband bulge is a very funny term, and I am gonna use it.
0: Yep. He goes outside. And he looks up at the sky and he's like, huh, I thought there'd be stars, which again is a clue to the fact that they're basically in a Truman show horror scape.
2: And a low rent Truman show because they didn't even try and fake stars. Right. You know how easy that would have been? Way easier than installing an elevator to hell or whatever. (laughs) Like, yeah. Okay. I just don't believe they have that
1: powerful force fields and they didn't know that the other dude was not dead. Right. Like I really went into the logic of this whole thing today and I was like. I don't like that. Like, like, oh, that's why the demolitions didn't go off. Their whole control room, there should have been, like, alarms and stuff blaring.
2: Oh, yeah. When Marty doesn't die, they should have known right away he was right away. dead. Right away. Because the blood goes into the statue, right? Right. I guess it was just the zombie racist guy that his blood fell into the statue, I guess. Or just... Marty got injured
0: enough Because he Marty does just get stabbed, stabbed in the, stabbed back. In the yeah. back Yeah
2: yeah. I honestly thought he might have been paralyzed After that because it was right in, the, right in his spine It looked like you know Yeah. Well he's on PCP Oh that makes sense yeah he just can't feel it yet
0: I mean honestly if he was on PCP The whole rest of this movie makes a lot more
2: sense <laughs> I don't know you got wet
0: <laughs> Did you look up what
2: it was called Or did you just know that I know that from training day Paige <laughs> <laughs> I literally <laughs> was quoting Denzel Washington's character when he gets Ethan Hawke to smoke the PCP lace joint. Yep. So, no, I don't know anything about drugs, man. I don't think I would do that. No, I would never do that. Here,
1: Here's training day if I was Ethan Hawke. I'd be like, I have to step out and make a phone call. I gotta call home. Human resources. Yeah. <laughs> the guy that you've assigned me with tried to make me smoke a PCP lace joint. I really need help. Please send the captain or whatever. Like, I'm like, this is Who's obvious. training
2: who, Mikey? <laughs> Who's training who? training? <laughs> well,
1: I went to one training, and that was the video they made us watch that HR said about... Um, about getting wet on
2: schedule. Uh, uh, yeah.
0: Anyway, so there aren't stars, but in the background we see the little tiny zombie girl coming out of the woods. But he turns around to pee and Thor comes running out of the woods. And saves
2: his life. Yeah. Because that little girl was like about to get Marty.
0: He clotheslines her. It's
2: pretty great. She like backflips. I mean, it's actually a pretty great (laughs) stunt. Whoever performs that did a great job. He
0: screams, take that you dead bitch. (laughs) Anyway, so he's like, we got to get out of here. Like, go inside, like, don't open the door. And at first, Dana's like, I'm not leaving without jewels." And who is at the door but the giant zombie dad who tosses her Jules' head? Yeah.
2: Oh, I would have lost my mind. I do think it's funny that she throws the head across the room. And I have to say, if that happens to me and Mikey, my head is thrown to you, please just drop it. Don't throw it as far as you can.
1: If you think I'm not going to mess with your head, I'm gonna drop kick your head. I'm gonna put my fingers in your mouth. You're not
2: using it. (laughs) Mikey, that's so weird. Why?
1: (laughs) Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna put three fingers in your esophagus and dance it around like a puppet.
2: Do you mean like from the bottom? Yeah. Yeah, that's probably too dark. (laughs) Hi everybody! Stop! Then you can just do the impression of me.
1: And then with my other hand I would move the mouth. Oh Todd, you're such a dummy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna put in the I, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna like find the sound effect and I'm gonna drop it in.
0: Anyway, they close the door. They get it bolted. They go to close all the windows and everything. And he's like, there's more of them. And he's like, there's a little girl. And this is where Dana makes the connection. She's like, patience, the girl from the diary. Oh, yeah. my God. So they're about to go through the house and barricade everything. And he's like, we got to stay together, whatever we do. And we cut to the, the control room. And they're like, nah, shit. Pheromones, split them up.
3: <laughs> Which
0: this is the one that doesn't work for me the most. Because I'm just like. What?
1: Yeah, what pheromone makes you change your mind? Yeah. <laughs> what you need is the adjustment bureau. Yes,
3: mm. that is what you
2: need. Yeah. <laughs> but it's very much like a, we all have to stay together. <sighs> oh wait never mind we should split up (laughs) yeah (laughs) just because he got something blown in his face like that is wild
0: yeah it's crazy but they split up they go they each go into their respective bedrooms and they all get attacked usually like through the windows yeah until and and they pull Marty kind of through the window he smashes a lamp as he's like trying to close his window he sees that there's a wire just as he's investigating it they're like should we do something should we wipe his like what are we gonna do and they're like don't worry about it zombie dad's on the way so the zombie dad grabs through the window
2: yeah but it gives him time to like grab something that he uses as a weapon is that that it's lamp? giant bong oh yeah it's the giant bong that's right
0: yeah and he and he hits him with it but it doesn't matter because he yeah. gets stabbed in the back and dragged away and we hear like a splort, and then we watch as bradley whitford like pull the leather crunk like that
2: <laughs> we also do see like a splurt of blood like it does look yeah. like he gets killed you just don't see it right but right yeah, apparently he doesn't. The whole place shakes,
0: a window breaks, and Holden breaks the mirror between him and Dana's rooms and pulls her through into his room. Yeah. That room has a trap door, in, and they think it just goes to the basement, so they go down there, but it is definitely the torture basement. Oh, And she's yeah. like, this is where we get killed. Um, They're trying to find a door when the zombies get them from above with the bear trap with a chain, aka Betty's claws look not everybody can afford a red room of
1: pain some of us have to make do with a torture
0: basement
3: converted. some of us have to make do with a
0: butler's pantry full of wet wipes and vibrators
2: isn't the butler's pantry like just like the hallway kitchen in between yes. like a okay
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah it's it's a hallway shelf that sometimes has a sink in it
1: i mean, that's like that reminds me of like people being like in my bonus room i'm like oh i'm sorry that you have so much square footage you get a bonus space
0: <laughs> um i had a friend who had a bonus room for a while uh that they cleared out and then he got an oculus and just used that room as like an imaginarium <laughs> basically
1: <laughs> i think bonus rooms shouldn't be on your like mortgage like it should just like it's like it's a misnomer it's like a tax loophole. Oh yeah, I've got 1,200 square feet and then a bonus room. Like the bonus room is like a bonus on top of what you bought, you know?
0: I mean, I feel like that would make <laughs> actual house housing sizes and blueprints and everything difficult to quantify, but okay. Yeah, what you're describing
2: would be a nightmare, but I like yes. it as a comedic premise. Mm-hmm. You guys are always complaining about the housing market. I'm trying to help. <laughs> this is not going to help.
0: Anyway, she stabs a crowbar through the zombie's head. Uh, It pulls it out She stabs him a bunch Mm -hmm. And in the control room They're like These fucking zombies Do you remember when You could just throw a girl In a volcano Which is I thought that was
2: Very funny Yeah
0: But they get out uh, They meet up with Thor uh, But they're like Where's Marty They got him So they leave behind They Hop in the Winnebago And there is a bloody handprint on the door So we know that one of them is in the Winnebago
2: Oh yeah Like they they foreshadow that kill pretty early on Yes In this little montage here
0: We cut to Japan Where all of the (laughs) schoolgirls are singing a fun friendship song And then according to them The evil is defeated And her spirit will live in the happy frog Yay (laughs) (laughs) I love this It's so fucking funny It's one of my favorite callbacks in the movie It's so great (laughs) Because it is also like for for as stereotypical as the first callback is of, of Japanese horror films at this time, the ending is also st- like
2: how many of those <laughs> movies
0: end with like, and now her spirit will be at peace in this videotape, you
2: know, like whatever yeah. it is. I like when it cuts back to the room that Bradley Whitford and Richard Jenkins are in. Right. And they're, like, looking at that monitor of Japan, and he's, like, <laughs> the looking. The little girls? Yeah, Richard Jenkins is, like, looking at each girl and like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. Because now they're, like, the last line of defense between literal destruction of the earth and right. the gods or whatever, so
0: hey, you know what America's good at? Killing people for no reason. So (laughs) they go back to watching them in the Winnebago and they're like, Man, that stoner guy that we just killed, I don't know what he had. He had an extra stash because like we treated all his pot and it didn't fucking matter. Like he was somehow outsmarting us. He almost like made us basically.
2: Yeah, we come to find out that the pot he's smoking like makes him impervious to the chemicals they're spraying on him or whatever. PCP. (laughs) (laughs) Last I heard, weed and PCP don't cancel each other out.
0: No, no, no. It just makes him impervious. (laughs)
3: Yeah. Anyway, there's
0: no cave in where they're supposed to be. So they're frantically calling. They get the cave in to happen, which means the Winnebago, and it caves in while they're in the tunnel. So the Winnebago backs its way out. It is a pretty tense
2: moment. Like Chris Hemsworth is is, is. like sticking his head out the window, trying to drive backwards out of this cave because I don't want to get crushed by it as it collapses. Right. right? Mm -hmm. And they barely make it out. It's great.
0: They barely make it out, but they do. And they realize that they're on the other side of a crevasse and they need to basically get to the other side. Yeah. And Chris Hemsworth's like, I bet I can make it on my dirt bike. And they're like, you absolutely can. Don't hold back, man. (laughs) Like... Well, yeah, if someone else is volunteering, you got to hype him up. They hype him up. And he, he like, backs up. He goes full force at it. And honestly, had there not been the wall, it looks like he might have made it. But he hits that force field so hard. It's so and funny, instantly man. dies. Yeah. It's so funny to me. Like... And then at this point, they're just like, what the fuck did he hit? Like, what oh my God. So they get back in the Winnebago. And Holden is not getting it. Like Dana has now figured, she's like, oh my God, puppeteers, like, we can't get out. We are trapped. And Holden's like, no, we're just gonna drive until we can't. And she's like, you don't under like they are going to prevent us from leaving, clearly. Yeah. And he's like, I'm okay. I need you to get calm. We gotta stick together. And as he starts to say together, That's when the sickle goes through his throat. Yeah. And he's just like, and she screams and they crash the Winnebago down into the lake below. She swims up through the sunroof and pushes her way out. Uh, The zombie grabs her foot, but she manages to swim away. She gets onto the dock Mm -hmm. and back in the control room. They're like, perfect. Yeah. We won. Let's drink. Party time. And the security guy's like, well, she's still alive. And they're like, no, 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 she's optional as long as she suffers. And he's like,
2: this is weird, but it would be weird. I do love how throughout this whole like party scene, it's like they're like drinking. Everyone's having a good time. They're like, (laughs) (laughs) like it's like that sort of vibe and then on the monitors all around the room it's like her fighting with this last zombie on the dock and it's like a brutal fight oh she's getting the shit beat out of her yeah at one point she just like barfs up a ton of blood (laughs) like
0: it's wild Uh,
3: uh,
2: uh. like she is fighting for her life and they're not even paying attention and it's so funny to me
0: they're not even paying attention and in fact bradley whitford's like oh this would have been cooler with merman like you know (laughs) and everyone's partying until he basically hears he's talking to the guys who were responsible for the cave-in And they're like, yeah, man, there was some glitch from, you know, like the chairman. And he's like, I'm sorry, what? And as he's kind of putting two and two together, the phone rings and he's like, no, it's impossible. We killed everybody. And they're like, "Uh Uh-uh, one's still alive. And as they turn to watch her on the dock, they see Marty come to the rescue where he again uses the bong to like wrap that chain around it. (laughs) And knocks the zombie into the water. He pops back out.
2: Well, he doesn't knock into the water. He grabs the claw thing away and she right. rips up a board and hits the zombie into the and water. And right? that yeah.
0: to knock him in the water. They run through the woods back to the cabin. But before getting to the cabin, he jumps down into a grave and he's like, come on, follow me. Because yeah. he has found an elevator that he is trying to hotwire because he thinks he can make it go down. But there's also just a pile of
2: dismembered dude right there. <laughs> yeah. I do love that, like, the elevator down into hell is at the bottom of a grave. Like, that to me is also very funny.
0: It's great. I also loved that, like, the pile of zombie. He's like, I had to dismember that guy with a trowel. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> like, that would take forever. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even like gardening with one. Anyway, they get in the elevator and they do... Managed to get it to come down, yeah. But this is where they start to realize they're like they sent them up here to get us. Like, what is down here? And they end up in the elevator with a zombie arm that's still moving. So funny. But this is where they realize that the elevator walls are clear and it's like a turning cube, like cube hypercube cube. Yeah. Wonkavator.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It is a wonkavator, not an elevator, right? Because it goes right in all different directions. You know, to feed that little torture. Like, right. cave they've built, whatever monster they select, right?
0: Right. And so she sees some of the other monsters. And at first, they're actually, the first couple are in the order that they are on the board. Because she sees a werewolf and then a wraith. Yeah. But then we get, like, the tooth ballerina and then fornicus, the lord of bondage and pain. Um, And this is where she realizes, like, we chose. Yeah, when we were in the cellar, because she recognizes his like puzzle sphere. And as they move, they see other monsters. And she's just like, oh, my God, like this is what happened. Yeah. Now in the control room, they have realized what's going on and they have to kill him. They're like, "Okay, which one? 3606. Bring them down. Shoot him first. They step out of the elevator and the zombie arm kind of grabs his foot. He shoots at the zombie instead. The zombie arm. Like they kind of like knock him out and the zombie arm crawls as if it's going to like (laughs) take over his face. Yeah. Uh, And as they leave, they're like, good work, zombie arm, which is very fun. (laughs) I wanted them to high five it, like pick it up, high five it, put it back down, (laughs) Yeah, put it back down. Uh, But they hear an overhead message, which we will find out is Sigourney Weaver. But it's basically like, I'm sure that you are in pain and confused. But here's what's up. They're super terrible monsters and you guys need to die. So like a, the sooner you get it over with, the sooner we can all go home. Like, hey, come on. Yeah. So they barricade themselves in a security booth that seems to be kind of bulletproof. And inside it, there is a button that says system purge. And so they hit it, which frees all of the monster. And I just love that like the elevators ding. Why does that button
2: exist? Just to fuck
0: with the script. Like, literally, just to be like, all right, third act. These are Chekhov's wraiths. They're (laughs) coming to like, Chekhov's merman is about to come. like the the ding of the elevator and then just the instant blood mist is yeah. so funny to me. It is great. I
1: do think the CGI is not aging as well as I would have hoped.
0: But it's still not terrible. It's not you know, terrible. like but some of the ones cause there's ones that are not even on the list. Like we see everything that was on the list. We see, you know, Dragon Bat and everything. But then we also see there's like uh, a robot that just has saw arms. That yeah, yeah. Just honestly, like,
2: looks like a battle bot, but it like, a looks three like a bot. it's three times bigger than so a regular great. battle bot. Yeah,
0: there's one that's like it's like an evil fairy. There, there's so many. Um, in just to burn a burn, of fun fact: there were 60 different monsters. Wow. that they created for this. But that's yeah, crazy. And so they are just watching this all happen until literally the security booth is coated in blood. The shot of that lobby and how much blood is so funny to me. Like, (laughs) it's so much blood. Like, you know how we laughed in Friday the 13th 6th when it was like four people's worth of blood in that one room?
3: absolutely. This
0: is like four shining elevators worth of blood in this elevator lobby. (laughs) And it is madness. So... Dragon Bat breaks through the window, so now they got to get out. So they run and watch as another, it's like a zombie. There's like zombies at the end of the hall. Uh, Dragon Bat pushes somebody through a hole in the wall and then drags him off down the hall. They climb through that hole in the wall. We then watch as uh, an evil clown stabs a bunch of people, and a unicorn just gores somebody
2: with his horn. (laughs) I love that I don't know of any unicorn horror IP, but I want there to be one. I I do know that after this movie came out
0: that somebody made unicorn action figures. And so at one point somewhere in my like boxes of craziness in my closet, I have a unicorn action figure that comes with a man that you can impale on the horn.
1: Oh, that's amazing. Are my little ponies?
0: unicorns no No, they're ponies they're just ponies
3: (laughs) yeah
2: so it doesn't matter
0: anyway the elevator dings and the buckners are back yeah this is where we see in the control room somebody's trying to break through the vault they finally do and it is the scarecrow
2: folk yeah (laughs) they tackle the security guy he detonates a grenade to kill all of them i mean they were like ripping him apart like he sacrifices himself but he was not gonna survive you know
0: no and hadley who is bradley whitford is thrown clear yeah uh as he comes to out of the mist who does he see but merman and he just goes like oh really he gets attacked and, of course, Merman just <laughs> blows blood out of his blowhole. Which is why both, they're a nightmare to clean up
2: after, guys. I
0: know. It's it's both one of the most horrifying and funniest things in yes, this movie for it me. It is. It's so good. Uh, we see the other girl that's been kind of working with them snagged by a tentacle. Yeah. And then Richard Jenkins makes a run for it, only to turn a corner and get stabbed by Dana. Yeah. And as he's dying, he just says, please kill him yeah. for Marty. They don't, but they keep running through the hallways and find themselves in the ritual room where they see all the statues filled with blood. And this is where she kind of makes the connection of like, it's one for each of us. Like we all had to die being punished, but for what? Uh, And who should walk in but Ripley? No. (laughs) (laughs) I love that Sigourney
2: Weaver's in this movie though. I think it's great.
0: She was their second choice. I do think she's a perfect fit,
2: but their first, do you want to guess who their first choice was? Jamie Lee Curtis. No, really, Bruce Campbell. Oh, oh, I was thinking of a, like a Final Girl who would have been mm. who would have fit that bill. Bruce Campbell would have been amazing, though. Like, I Bruce Campbell would have, Campbell would have been amazing. Yeah, uh,
0: but I do like that it, it is a, a it is a Final Girl. Yeah, because that kind of works. That would have worked really well for me if Dana had replaced her. Yes, if that's how that had
2: ended. But and that I think would have been a much more enjoyable ending, at least for me. Personally. Yes.
0: If that's what had happened, this would be one of my favorite movies. (laughs) Yeah,
2: I think that would be amazing.
0: Yeah, but she basically explains it's different in every culture. It requires youth. And in our culture, it's this. And she's basically like, you all suffer and die at the horror that you chose. And then you, the last one, live or die as fate decides. But we got to kill that guy or else the monsters rise. And you got eight minutes till sunrise.
2: So get to killing him.
0: Get to kill him. And she raises the gun but can't do it. And he sees the werewolf behind her and lets her get attacked. Well, I mean, she does
2: have a gun on him. I mean, She does.
0: But at the same time, there's a part of me that's like, she hesitates to kill him. He doesn't hesitate at all. Like, he would have gladly killed her. Oh, (laughs) yeah. He does not care. That's why I'm like,
1: no, I would have shot this guy. But here's how
2: (laughs) you quote unquote fix the movie to where you get the ending that you like, Paige. He, even though she's pointing a gun at him pushes her out of the way to like killed by a werewolf and then gets killed by the werewolf and that that redeems him and appeases the gods right i want her to go bad though
0: no see okay here's what i want here's here's my perfect ending because the only reason she has the gun at all is because he gave it to her in the hallway yeah so if he never gives it to her if he has the gun and he's trying to like use her as leverage like what if i shoot her and she sees the werewolf behind him yeah love that werewolf attacks him and now it's her and Ripley and Ripley's like, great. Now you got to help me contain the monsters, but now you know too much. So now I'm passing this to you.
2: This movie does sort of rob us of the final girl fighting her way to survive, you know, mm-hmm. like the trope that we get in these movies. I mean, that does fully happen in this movie. We just don't see it because... We're watching the party, right? Well, yeah, she needed a man
1: to help her with that.
2: Yeah, no, right. I'm not joking. I think that's what Joss is saying in this movie on a level, right? Because the stoner allegory guy does come in and save her. Yeah, I mean, they all end up dying anyway, and so does the whole world. So I guess it doesn't matter. But right, yeah, yeah, I would have liked for her to
1: him kill Ripley or her kill Ripley, and then him he, and her kill him to save the world. Then you find out that Ripley was one of was the last final girl who survived. That's why they made her director.
0: I, I would love to find out that the the director is always one of the final girls. Yeah. Like th- for some reason I do kind of love that cyclical
2: nature of it. But I do hate that this movie robbed us of one of the biggest tropes of yeah. Slashers, yeah. which is the final girl like I mean, even if it was just Dana going through the everything in the elevator on by herself, fighting through all that, like that would have been a cool way to capture that moment too. Like I don't necessarily yeah. think we need the stoner to live like at I, all. I don't
0: think we do either. Yeah. I, I think it it may
2: it muddies it Let up. Let her save
0: herself. Honestly though, yeah. I would I would love if he just dies and that's not the issue. But the issue is because she can live or die and she stumbles upon the elevator. Right. Like I don't need him in the last
2: act. Right. I really don't. I mean if Diablo Cody wrote this movie, that's the version we would have got. Probably.
0: Well, if Diablo Cody wrote this movie, the uh, dialogue would be very different. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you it'd know, it'd be what I mean. a little bonkers. <laughs> Don't get me wrong; love her, read her stripper book, uh, but it would be bonkers. <laughs> it uh, yeah. would be crazy. Yeah. But her powering through to get to Sigourney Weaver to get an explanation is equally as powerful of an ending for me. Same. Anyway, so the little Buckner girl with an axe comes in as she's being mauled by a werewolf. The little Buckner girl axes Sigourney Weaver in the back. The stoner guy, Marty, kicks her over the edge into the pit of the gods.
2: Yeah. Well, her and the little zombie girl. Yeah. Right. And
0: again,
1: I was like, the zombie girl should attack one of the people that she was summoned to attack.
0: Yeah, I well, and he. I think they're just attacking everything now. Well,
2: and all the monsters are just attacking everything, like everything. So I I think that holds, right? It
0: could have been any monster, really. And Sigourney
2: Weaver and Marty are like fighting over the gun, and it just so happens that Sigourney Weaver's on top when Zombie Girl gets there with the axe. I fully believe that if Marty was on top, he would have gotten it.
1: He moves her, yeah.
0: Yeah, he, he had the upper hand and gives it up to use her as a human shield. He's a shitty person. <laughs> well, I mean, he's fighting for his life. like. But here's the thing, he's not. He's going to die anyway if he he's doesn't die. He's fighting to
2: murder all of us. I'm not defending yeah. his decision. I just say, if I was in that situation, I understand why he rolled like that and did that. I still think he's a shitty dude because he... He didn't sacrifice himself to save all of humanity, you know?
0: Yeah. Anyway, he shoots the werewolf. So then they basically just sit down the steps and, and he's like, hey. And she's like, I don't even think Kurt has a cousin. He's like, you know, I'm sorry that I didn't tell you about the werewolf. She's like, I'm sorry. I almost shot you. He's like, or he says, I'm sorry I let you get attacked by a werewolf and then ended the world. Yeah. But then... She completely flips because it is not really within her character or what we've known of her in this movie to not care about the world. She strikes me as a character who would care. And if the roles were reversed, would have probably sacrificed herself. But she basically is just like, fuck humans. It's time to give somebody else a chance. And it kind of comes out of nowhere. It's not really consistent with her character. Yeah. But I do love... (laughs) The next section where they're like, man, giant evil gods. I wish I could have seen them, you know? That would have been a fun weekend. (laughs) And I do think that's actually a really funny like kind of linchpin on it. Yeah. Uh, But they hold hands as everything collapses around them. We watch as a giant god hand shoots up through the room and through the cabin above them.
2: And And that's that's the movie. movie. So having seen the movie, having talked about the movie a few times, what do you guys think about Cabin in the woods
0: I'm still lukewarm On the ending But not as angry As I was the first time
2: Yeah I still love the movie I think it's really great It's a it's, fun watch It is like a Love letter to horror fans Yeah and that's for great. sure I love that I think it's A very well executed movie I just don't love The way it ends yeah. yeah. The ending to me feels a little bit of like an etch a sketch like I don't know. I don't know how to fix it whatever. It just everyone dies. Just shake it. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Like a, they money python the ending. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Other than that though, I think it's great a lot of fun yeah same i
1: loved it when it came out for the first couple of years and then like, it's just it just hasn't had the lasting power for me that other films have
2: i haven't watched it since we watched it for the pod the first time mikey but um i i mean if someone else wanted to watch it and i was over i would definitely watch it but i wouldn't go watch it myself if
1: i'm watching a cabin in the woods and it's a horror comedy i'm watching tucker and dale
2: absolutely because it reminds me of our relationship mikey mm. So, Paige, do you have any fun facts for us? I do. Well, here it is with your fun facts. Cabin fun, fun facts.
3: facts.
0: Uh, so much of Drew Goddard, who directed and co-wrote this, uh, much of his inspiration for the movie comes from his upbringing in Los Alamos, New Mexico, uh, which has a considerable science and Government job hub Kind of that's mm-hmm. where they built That's where the Manhattan Project happened That's where they built the atomic bomb Yeah. And so he kind of wanted to write something That evokes this idea of Coworkers just going about their day, day-to-day Business and living routine lives Even though they're building things that would end The world yeah. Um, Which I think is actually really
2: interesting That is very interesting yeah,
0: yeah. So they wrote the script in three days He and, and Joss Whedon after locking themselves In a hotel room because they had both come off failed projects, they had some time off, and they wrote almost the entire script in that weekend.
2: That's great, man.
0: It's it's one of those things where if you if you want to write a screenplay and a you have already outlined a bunch of stuff, uh, because the preparation part is key. If you have the time and the ability to do something like that, it can be very very good for your writing because it removes mm-hmm. a lot of distractions. Yeah. But it's tough to pull off busy people. Yeah, man. Anyway, so when she kisses the wolf head on the wall, they actually covered the wolf's tongue in powdered sugar to make it look dusty, but for to make it look tasty, like actually taste good for her. The tongue is made out of silicone. Okay. Uh, Food grade silicone. So okay. she was fine. But you still shouldn't kiss taxidermy.
3: No. It
2: is gross. And I also like, I remember the first time watching this, I was very afraid that it was going to come to life and bite her face. Well, because you were thinking it was going to be Evil Dead where the yes. deer comes to life. Yes. Mm-hmm. So like, I mean, I wasn't scared this time, but I remember like being very creeped out the first time I watched this movie because of that.
0: Uh, So originally this movie was produced Uh, by MGM Uh, something interesting happens after production we'll get into it in just a second but while they were making this movie MGM saw dailies from a scene where Chris Hemsworth instructs his friends on what to do where he's like telling them to get in the Winnebago and they signed him for Red Dawn no audition just based on that scene wow okay But what they didn't know is that he would also already auditioned for Thor. So two days later, he got the call to be Thor. God, what a good year for him. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So they actually filmed and finished filming Red Dawn and Cabin in the Woods before Thor was finished. But MGM went bankrupt. So neither of those movies were able to be released. They kind of just sat on the shelf until Thor came out and Lionsgate basically bought the distribution rights to release them so that they could bank on the success of Thor. So there you go. That's Uh, that's, how this movie ends up coming out.
2: That's awesome.
0: Yeah. In the end where it's melee, blood everywhere, they cut to a screen with Ronald the intern holding up a sign. And unfortunately, they were unable to get a clear shot of the sign. I will tell you why in just a second because it is a camera issue. But the sign, which is unreadable, said, help me, I'm in the utility closet a dragon bat has my scent. I'm Ronald the Inter. <laughs> the, fa- the fact that he like identifies himself in it made me laugh really hard.
2: That is very funny.
0: They tried to zoom in to see it, but they couldn't. Part of the reason why they couldn't is because this film did not have a budget for green screen. So all of the video clips in the control room had to be synced manually. What? Yes. That is
1: insane Paige.
0: Yes. Which means they had to film everything that appears on those screens first and then shoot wow. the control room yeah. and sync all those screens so they could react to them. Now, if we were doing this today, we would just do it with green screen oh, yeah. and then just pop it in later. I
2: could do that. Yeah. yeah. And
0: here's the thing, like this is, you know, 11 years in the future. 12 years in the future. Yeah. Where your average Twitch streamer could do it. Yeah. But at the time, it would have been such a big undertaking to green screen that much of the room. They couldn't do it. So
2: Jesus. I know.
0: So when Lionsgate saw this film, they didn't understand initially why MGM had shelved it. But it was because MGM originally wanted to convert it to 3D, which would have been incredibly expensive. And Joss Whedon and Drew Goddard didn't want that to happen They wanted it in 2D. And so they had basically gotten into a fight with the studio. Then the studio went bankrupt. So when Lionsgate picked it up, they were like, we'll just put this out in 2D. It's fine in 2D. And so they did, and it ends up being wildly successful. It might have saved MGM had they just released it when they had it. Oh, Oh, wow. Yeah. This was Drew Goddard's uh, directorial debut. Um, His first day as a director was the Harbinger scene, which they arrived that morning and everything was covered in snow. So they had to spend hours blowing the snow away before they could film.
2: Oh my God.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: That sucks. That
0: sucks. <laughs> it does suck. The Latin that Dana reads from the diary is dolor supervivo caro, dolor sublimus caro, dolor ignio animus, which means pain outlives the flesh. Pain raises the flesh, and pain ignites the spirit. Okay. Fran Kranz, who plays Marty, received a two-hour joint rolling session and a separate bong lighting session from expert consultants.
2: That sounds like they wanted to pay their dealers to be on set. I think so, too,
0: because they also include a ton of other paraphernalia in the film, including his stash, his secret stash, a small pipe, a tulip joint, a joint in the pocket of his pants. Uh, The prop crew even designed the film's own brand of rolling papers, Smiling Buddha Papers.
2: Oh, that's great.
0: Yeah. Uh, The floating head monster, which is just a disembodied floating head, uh, was played by the movie's special effects makeup artist, David Leroy Anderson, who happens to be married to heather Langenkamp,
2: who also <laughs> uh. worked doing some of the makeup on this film yeah yeah i remember that she started a um like makeup effects company after yep. she did all those movies yeah that's awesome
0: so those are your fun facts
2: well thank you so much for those fun facts page let's talk a little bit about box office so what do you guys think the production budget was for this movie it came out in 2012 so what do you think it was in 2012
0: I mean, there is a fair amount of post-prod effects, but there's also budgetary things like the green screen that make me think it's, like, not as much as you would imagine.
2: I'm going to say 22. Okay, Mikey. Paige, what do you think?
0: Mm, 15.
2: It's actually $30 million. So Holy shit! (laughs) It looks good for 30 mil. I think it does look good for 30 mil, but... If you adjust for inflation, that's actually like right around $38.2 million today. This movie came out on April 13th, a Friday the 13th, in 2012. Nice. It was third in the movie theaters that weekend. It was beat by the number one movie, The Hunger Games. Number two was The Three Stooges. Number three, of course, was Cabin in the Woods. Number four was Titanic. Titanic? Titanic. Titanic in 3D, and number five was American Reunion. So- how much money do you think Cabin in the Woods made in its opening weekend? And again, it was the weekend of Friday the 13th April 2012.
0: Now, here's the weird thing. Part of the marketing around this movie when it came out uh was that it had been shelved for 3 years or people said 3 years. It was not that long. But like people were like, "Oh, this has been shelved for forever and it's supposedly really good and they finally released it." That was like the buzz around
2: the movie. Right.
0: Um but it was kind of a slow burn. So I'm going to
2: say 12. Okay. I'm going to say 15. Mikey, you're closer. It was fourteen point seven million dollars in its opening weekend. It was then in theaters for twelve more weeks, a total of thirteen weeks, and it was never again in the top five. But what do you think it made in its initial thirteen-week run domestically?
3: I'm
0: gonna say forty-five.
2: Okay, Mikey, do you want to take? I'm gonna say
1: thirty-five.
2: Paige, you're way closer. It was forty-two million dollars. In its box office run domestically, internationally, it made 28.6 for a total of $70.6 million. And if you adjust that for inflation, that's right around $90 million today. Just in the box office alone, in the home market, just the DVD and Blu-ray sales, not streaming rights or any of that stuff, just DVD and Blu-ray sales, they made an additional $14.7 million so this movie if you adjust for inflation made probably close to 115 million dollars adjusted for inflation on roughly a 38 million dollar budget again adjusted for inflation cuz the initial budget in 2020 was or in 2012 was 30 million but that's your box office.
1: Let's do scary scale. Yeah, hit it with that scary scale. I'm trying trying some pizzazz, sorry. I like it. Uh, That's a scale of one to ten of how scary we found the film when we watched it today. Our one example is Ghostbusters. Our ten example is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Paige. That was a one for me. Uh, Toddington.
2: I'm going to give it a three, because some of the jump scares still got me. I'll give it a two, because I did
1: actually fall victim to one of the jump scares.
2: Which one got you, Mikey? The RV one. I was like, oh, shit. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's our scary scale. All right. So this week, we're actually ending Revisited Month. And I'm going to say, just based on downloads alone, this was a very successful month. So we'll probably do another Revisited Month sometime in the future, because apparently the listeners have enjoyed it. Uh, But we are leaving Revisited Month. So what are we yes. watching next week as we re-enter doing new movies for new episodes?
0: Yes, it is February, so it is Black Horror Month, and we are going to start
2: with something newer, a newer release, Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Oh, cool. I've actually seen quite a bit online about this, although I know nothing about the plot. I just saw a lot of people talking about it, so cool. And again, just because y- you know, you as our-, our listeners will get to vote
0: at the end of the month for a listener request, We are looking for films that either have strong black leads, strong black performances, or were directed and written
2: by black creators. Yeah. That's what we go for for Black Horror Month. So your homework next week is to watch or rewatch Bodies, 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 and then check back for that episode on Monday. Yay. So, Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? Yeah. Well, whose review are you going to read this week? Bejeweler 9.
1: Okay. Horror and humor fans must listen. Oh, why, thank you. I agree. They say, Mikey, Todd, and Paige have such a great chemistry and friendship, it makes their reviews even better with long-running jokes.
2: I do love the bits that we continue from episode to episode. They each bring a different perspective and insight into the movies
1: they review. I started out being a horror virgin, but now I am a true horror fan watching the movies before I listen to their episodes. Highly recommend to horror virgins and fanatics alike. Five freaking stars.
2: Well, thank you so much for that awesome five-star review. And if you want to, Mikey, read your five-star review, leave us a five-star review. talk mikey is at m randolph 24 and i am at todd j awesome if you like the show so much and you want to help financially support it please do by going to patreon.com slash horror virgin where you can get a lot of great levels and a lot of great stuff like bonus episodes director's cut episodes where they're a little bit longer and you get them actually a day earlier Mm -hmm. than the Mm -hmm. regular feed drop we do a lot of great things like listener requests and stuff like that so guys check out the patreon and help support the show if
1: you want to financially support me but not todd just look me up
2: Not a lot of fun for me. And if you haven't noticed, since October 1st, we have been running the new Horror Virgin blog. And when I say we, I really mean Katie from the Facebook group. She's been running everything. She's like the managing editor of the Horror Virgin blog. So... If you haven't been to our Horror Virgin blog, go check it out. It's at horrorvirgin.com slash blog. You'll see it. It's awesome. There's a lot of great articles. I mean, at the end of October, we have 31 awesome articles up, and they will continue after October, not on a daily schedule, though. That's just too much for Katie to handle. But check out our awesome Horror Virgin blog up now. This episode was brought to you by Tia, and Tia's teenager's have been driving her crazy. So how is Tia's teenager driving her crazy this week?
0: Tia's teenager keeps voting for Merman, and...
2: Merman, like, never wins, so, like, maybe stop doing that. Well, I'm sorry you're never going to win that pool, Tia, but your teenager is always picking the wrong one. This episode also brought to you by Jonathan. Jonathan wants me to show you guys some videos, so this week I'm going to show you the video he sent me right now. This is a video that shows a cute baby that says, would you slap him? For $20 trillion, and I'll say, yes, I would slap a baby for $20 trillion. It doesn't say how hard I have to slap him. but I, and would. I only
0: have to do it once, right? Yeah. Because, like, for $20 trillion, that kid could be set up for life. I mean, $20 trillion is so much money.
2: I'd put away $80 million if I had $20 trillion for this kid's life. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, let's watch the video. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, this guy exactly. who's reacting to that is right on
0: still I'm still doing it oh yeah I'd
2: still I'd still hit the dude for 20 billion dollars I call him a dude now yeah. I'm like aging up the baby the more likely I am to actually hit him <laughs> yeah I'd do it for 20 million dollars yeah I'd smack that baby for 20 grand I would uh... again Paige it doesn't like say how hard you have to hit him that's true it doesn't tell me how hard you have just slap it hard if I have to slap him hard Mikey I wouldn't yeah. do it for I wouldn't do it for twenty thousand yeah. like if I had to like Permanently, like maybe not permanently, but like hurt the baby, hurt the baby. I'm out. I couldn't do that. I mean, I yeah, could yeah, for yeah. Tw- twenty-two billion dollars or whatever we offered for the first. Yeah, time, we can like, buy it plastic surgery for twenty-two billion. Yeah. <laughs> I can give it a good quality of life. Yeah. after a like good Hayukin. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway, Jonathan, thank you so much for that video, that very conversationally provoking video. Uh, and yeah. thank you so much for the support. We now return you to another newly revamped episode of.
3: The The Patrioticals.
2: Welcome back where I
1: know where I want to go. I just need to know how I get there.
2: Oh, I'm pretty sure the time traveling boat that is the Santa Maria can get us anywhere we need to go, baby. (laughs)
1: Yep. It's true. So (laughs) on the Santa
2: Maria, of course, there's
1: the time device they've slowly built over the last... Lots of episodes
2: Right They've been doing it Behind the scenes uh, It's something that Mikey and I have talked about But I had to cut it Every episode No I've mentioned it Cause it's did, Oh okay you definitely did mention it.
1: <laughs> Mr. Ragebomb puts his b- blow-up energy... Anyway, they've pushed the fucking button, right?
2: Oh, actually, you did talk about Mr. Ragebomb blowing his energy into this time device. You're right. I remember that very perverse episode. They press it, and then... They squeeze him like he's a olive.
1: There's a big flash, and they're removed from the timeline completely. What? They step and outside they, the curve? They find themselves in space, like
0: deep
2: space. Like deep space... Nine? No. Oh, okay.
0: Deep Space Nina. That's where the Santa Maria reconnects <laughs> yeah. with the other so, shit. Santa Maria
1: appears, but it's not spaced out, right? So, like, shit's getting real. So, she, bam. Okay,
2: I gotta... You gotta stop world building and start putting in characters.
1: I gotta... <laughs> unless you want to jump to a different time period. No, I love you it. Want,
3: okay.
2: I love that we currently have the Santa Maria. That is a Columbus-era boat in space. Everyone on the boat would be dead immediately.
0: Yes,
1: <laughs> yes. Sophia and the time cop Anthony and Jennifer the Ph are like appeared outside the Santa Maria, but they've got their time suits on, which I did mention. But they have time spacesuits things, and they're like, holy shit! And none of their time equipment works. They're like, they're. They're fucked. Because they're outside time. Uh-huh. And they're like, Jennifer P.H., these are your people that you spot on. What are they doing? He's like, they're like, she's like, son of a bitch. <laughs> they did it. They broke the yeah. finite curve. And then uh, Kate, she puts up a, fuck. Okay. Uh,
2: <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could leave in, like, your creative grunts. Fuck. <laughs> the
1: She creates a psychic bubble. And they are like her and Amy. Amy's like still a fucking astronaut. This is my turf. Yeah. Karoon is like, are we in deep space? He's so excited. Oh, yeah. I forgot because he actually is an
2: alien. He's blue. We've got to convert the Santa to Maria into a spaceship. Well, yeah, because Kate can only make you psychically be able to survive in space for so long. She's like,
1: she's like, oh, my God, we got to like do better. So,
2: Isaac, <laughs> who way back in the day
1: is an evil scientist, he starts like turning, going to, to making oxygen creator shit. And then Kate's holding the bubble up. Karun is crying tears of joy for being off Earth finally. Scott made of the thing is smiling because he's like weightless and he's like so big. He's like,
2: finally, these rocks aren't weighing me down. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I like in my mind, he's very much like Eeyore for no reason.
1: Yes. Danielle, Aaron, and Libby have turned back into mun people, but they still kept all their creepily long fingers. So (gasps) wait, are they gonna be like
2: Greys eventually, they're gonna slowly turn into greys. That's what they are now.
1: They're just they're that now.
2: Okay, all right. Mm-hmm. all right. Is the moon still gone? Like they've lost their home too. They're dispossessed moons. They're so far from Earth now that it doesn't even matter. Oh, okay. So like, okay. Well, yeah.
1: Now, but now they're like, we should reclone all of our people. And Wes, who's super handsome now
2: they're like let's use wes's dna so that all of our new clones are like dorian gray levels of hot yeah
1: because wes is like he's like using a wrench to like close something on the santa maria and he's like sweaty he's got a shirt off yeah whatever. he's like
2: the chippendale dancers from the new kamel nanjiani welcome to chippendale show which is pretty fucking solid. I'm not going to lie. He's got
1: his Hawaiian rolls out. <laughs> you know? Dreskel, who's an evil genius, he gets with Boezy and Cody and Amy, and they're like, we got to build this ship. So he's like, I've got some ideas. So they all come together. they got a little bit of Florida. because He's like, we need uh, strong Florida man and pawn shop energy from you two. Because we only have a couple things to work with to make a huge spaceship. And so I
2: feel like Florida man energy and pawn shop energy is not the same, but very very similar. Like they're at least inbred cousins. Yeah. They
1: usually, they're they're best friends, canonically. (laughs) That makes sense. Yes. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Nathan, the professional wrestler. He is, like, carrying stuff for people. Allie the mermaid is Oh, she's a mermaiden. Hello.
2: She's using
1: her fin to, like, move stuff. It's just very complicated. I don't have time to explain it.
2: (laughs) Anyway, it's really in-depth and world-building, but, like, Mikey's too busy of a man to have to, like, go to explain it. You guys get it.
1: You know, I leave the imagination, you know? This is, like, a radio show. (laughs) Drink your Ovaltine? Anyway. (laughs) so, so, So basically the idea they come up with is Shining Donut has merged with the Santa Maria to make a donut Santa Maria spaceship.
2: Oh my God, I love
1: this. And it's a giant Boston creamy looking Santa Maria Together spaceship. That sounds delicious. I'd eat that. Yeah. Mr. Rage Bomb has to rage bomb into the generator to make energy to make the ship go, like the to power of the systems. Um That sounds vaguely sexual. Yeah. It's like a rage bomb, not like a sex bomb. What
2: is an orgasm if not a bomb of some sort of pent-up rage rage? Okay, Reeves. we're going to
1: need to get you checked out.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I heard it as I was saying it. I'd like to apologize. Garotica, <laughs> uh, the heavy
1: metal bitch is like, I'm also technically from space. And like, I, I've i called my pterodactyl to join us. Hell yes. It's about time we got
2: a dactyl. And it yes. breathes in space. So it lands on one of the bat the boat things a fucking course the heavy metal pterodactyl breathes in space this is a lot of world building for the next how many episodes but we're gonna get
1: there so anyway jeremy the laser eyes is the engines if he shoots his laser eyes out it makes the ship go forward but they need a jump drive so they're trying to work on that and Bruder, of course is elected captain by everyone
2: unanimously elected captain of the donut santa maria time spaceship capsule thing Yes. Uh, Wolfric
1: is always in werewolf form because there's so many moons in space.
2: Oh, yeah. You're never not around a moon.
1: Yeah. So he's always a werewolf now. Vance, uh, H.H. Holmes serial killer, he murders Dave. Dave takes one for the team because, like, he's like, he needs to, like,. Get his impulse, you know, you know.
2: Yeah, he needs to get his you know, his wolf man rocks off. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So another little spaceship comes and docks with the spaceship and she's like, I'm friendly. And she gets out and she's a blue alien too, <gasps> like
2: Karoon. <gasps> oh my God.
1: What? And she's like, You're one of my people or our people. And she's like, Where have you been? He's, he's like, like What do you mean, our people? <laughs> he's like, Not only is my skin blue, so is my mood because Earth sucks. And then she's like, I'm lost, too. We have to find our home.
2: <gasps> I am sensing where this is all leading. And I oh. am here for a Caroon mm-hmm. Backstory storyline. Yes. And Captain Bruder
1: was like, bring those time fuckers into the ship. We can't just leave <laughs> them out here. We're better. <laughs> We're better than that. And then Kate finally passes out because she was like, man, I'm tired. And then, th- and then, oh, so they come on board and Lauren, the cave person, Hits Anthony and Sophie on the head, knocks them unconscious with their caveman club. And then Alex, the magician, tries to do a lame trick, but like the coin floats up.
2: He's like, Is this your coin? But it like floats up into space. <laughs> yeah, like, God yeah. Damn yeah. It.
1: it comes out of his sleeve or whatever. And everybody's <laughs> like, God, <laughs> magicians are so lame. Who would be sexually attracted to them at all? I'm not. Well, no one said you were, Paige.
2: Why are you talking? You to contest so much. You've fallen into my trap. It's a classical error. I do love that Mikey sort of has created a trap for you because, and Paige, I don't recollect you ever saying you found magicians attractive.
0: I didn't. I literally never did. But
2: Mikey has been saying it so long that he believes it.
0: And everyone else, Do you know how many people send me weird shit about magicians? So many.
2: <laughs> because... When you defend yourself, you do sound sort of guilty as fuck. Oh. Tell her it's from me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Mikey told me to send you this. <laughs> and that's um, that's it for this week. Well, I guess we'll have to wait till next week to see how this new blue lady mixes things up with Karoon on another episode of The Patreonicals.
0: That's going to be it for us, you guys. I'm Paige.
2: I'm Mikey. And I'm your horror virgin, Todd.
0: Keep it oogie spooky.
2: Yeah. Have an amazing week. Bye. This movie had Thor before he was Thor nerds.